Welcome everyone to Davos Fingers episode 50, a Storm of Swords wrap-up. I'm Scatty, we have with us Brooke and Matt, as always. Hello. Greetings. And today, we will not be bringing you a brief summary of five chapters followed by discussion. We will instead be covering a Storm of Swords quizination, what we call the Red Wedding Reach-Around, and then a bunch of top five lists. Top five reasons to turn off this podcast right now. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just reading what's written on my page, Matt. That's only it's only three three reasons to turn off this podcast right now. But <laughs> oh, we're going to be doing a bunch of top five lists that uh, were user submitted. Although I think Brooke submitted a few too. We ignored her recommendations, but uh, our listeners our listeners uh, submitted a bunch of top fives. We'll be covering those. Uh, wanted to make a note. Uh, this is a different episode than normal, guys. Obviously, uh, we are not spoiler free at all in this episode we're going to be covering some answers to some of the top fives and and stuff we'll cover all the books the quiz the quiz questions obviously will be pretty much uh well they definitely will be uh spoiler free but but all the top five elements which are going to mix in and out throughout those are not going to be spoiler free so i would recommend turning this off if you're not if you're not interested in spoilers sorry about that but it's just our recommendation Okay, if you want to contact us, this part is the same. Uh, you can always contact us. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can get to us through DavosFingers.com. That's our Tumblr site. Email at WeAreDavosFingers at gmail.com. Find us on the old Facebook uh, and also on the Twit machine at DavosFingers. And we're taking a bit of a break after this episode, so especially especially, we need to keep the lines of communication open. We'll be active on the social media, uh, mostly Matt. Uh, Brooke and I will dabble as usual. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be active and around. The break this time it's going to be a bit of a long one before we start our feast dance reread. That's a little bit of a reminder too. We are going to do uh, a, a, fe- a feast for crows and a dance with dragons combo, and you can find the order of the chapters at afeastwithdragons.com. That's the <laughs> order that we're going to use. But uh, we're not going to re- restart that reread until January sixteenth of 2017 due to the timing of this break and the u.s thanksgiving as well as the uh holidays that come around christmas time and that that uh, new year's time we're going to be just taking a break until the new year so during the off season we will be doing stuff we'll talk a little bit more about that later but uh look for continued social media uh activity uh also um matt's going to work on i think you might get some help from brooke and i on the uh his red wedding essay he's going to do a a voice recording of it which will be fun and um we're also not ruling the possibility out of uh films get fingered or you know some other one-off something that that might come up so keep keep on the lookout for us we'll be active and let you know if 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 stuff's coming your way but uh we're you know we're going to be very busy during the break so keep an eye out yeah otherwise dead to you otherwise yeah leave us alone yeah grumpy grumpy (laughs) Uh, anything to add, guys? Uh, no. I definitely want your guys' help for the uh, narrated essay. I, I would be excited. Yeah, I'd be glad to help because if nothing else, it will make it seem like I was involved somehow in its creation, and then I can get some mm. credit. Try to glob Absolutely. onto yeah. your hard work and talent as much as possible, Matt. Precisely. As hard you... work, yes. Talent. <laughs> Coattails. Oh, yeah. Ride them. Coattails. <laughs> All right, so without uh, yeah, that'll so that'll be like another episode, sorta, during this break. So yeah. we get like one episode in in three months, but <laughs> right, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. cut ourselves that. And I think I think we already said we were going to do a, a film was get fingered for uh, Rogue One, so... I'll have a lot of things to say about that, probably. Yeah, probably. Hopefully all good. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Star Wars, we're nerds. Uh, should we just jump in then to uh, to quizzing? Yes, sir. Uh, if you've been with us before for these, it's, it's pretty low-key. Um, we get involved mm. with it, we love doing it, and we're very competitive. But it basically means we... We're a little bit limited by the technology. Uh, As soon as we know the answer to the question, we buzz in uh, by saying something. Uh, Or are we doing the chat method this time? I think we're just blurting out the answer. Blurting out the answer. So we blurt out the answer, and whoever the question asker hears first gets the point, assuming they're correct. You only get one guess, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Unless we both get them wrong. You can guess again. Listen, <laughs> yeah. you guys can't stop me from guessing multiple times. You can't stop me from shouting and slabbering into my microphone. <laughs> Would never dream of it. Would never dream of it. Um, we haven't before, and we're not about to now. As you guys can tell, we're, we're already disagreeing about the rules. Slaverer. This is going to be a clusterfuck of arguing uh, and disagreeing yeah. about who wins, and it's just going to be fun. I look so, forward to it all book long. Yeah, well, I'm defending my title. I mopped the floor with you guys last time, so... Uh, we will. We'll yeah. Just... Uh, okay. Oh, that happened. I have the spreadsheet to prove it, where I recorded the answers, mm-hmm. and we have a live broadcast that we've not a live broadcast, mm-hmm. a tape tattooed mm-hmm. on your lower back. I'm sure. I think it was 15-9 was the final score, <laughs> so it wasn't even close. Let's just remember that Scad uh, looks at the recording of the episode before Brooke and I, meaning that he could do endless amounts of tampering. If you think I have the talent. <laughs> to modify these files, <laughs> then you both are sillier than you think because you aren't making me do any of the editing work if you think I have that ability. You should be making me. Anyway, let's get into it. Uh, Quizenstein, we're going to start with Jamie. And uh, Matt, that's you with the Jamie questions, correct? Yes. And so uh, each of us, uh, if, you've, if you've participated in, the, in these before, you know what, how it works. Uh, each of us took different POV characters from A Storm of Swords, and we developed uh, questions based around these POV characters or what happens in their POV chapters. So we actually had a draft by email that the three of us did where one of us started, we picked the character, and then the next we picked the character. Who was the last one? I think it was Catelyn. I think she went dead last in the draft. Yeah, other than <laughs> other than Merit and... Uh, Merit and... Uh, who was it? Yeah. Chet. Chet in the prologue. Oh yeah, Chet. Met and, Merritt and Chet, who we decided to skip entirely. <laughs> oh, him of the pox-ridden um, face and him of the STDs. Yes, yeah. that's right. Thanks, thanks, Matt, also for taking four characters while we only took three. You're a champ, man. Ironically, my too, episode, so. that Merritt chapter takes place roughly right near where Chet is from. Interesting. Yeah, Hagsmire and yeah. that area. Yeah. So oh, anyway, th- we also do get points for stumping uh, the other the other fingers. So oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Although it, it kind of feels dirty to get points that way. It feels uh, I like fun dirty. All right, well, you would. <laughs> We're saucy tonight. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this episode. Yeah, me too. Would you know that he's deadly in a fight and a smile so wide to get cheating at the palm of his hand, Jamie Lannister? Got a thing for sister, gonna keep it quiet, so we'll push a kid out a window. And when that king's lying, 
dead, it doesn't matter. Reason, bottom line is just a treason. And deep inside, could there be something only if you could see a hero? Could that be? Said Jamie, said Jamie, said Jamie Lannister. Say it again, said Jamie, said Jamie, said Jamie Lannister. Okay. Here's uh, some Jamie questions. So I've got four Jamie questions for you. Uh, three of them are multiple choice. I like doing multiple choice just because I like coming up with the wrong answers. It's kind of fun. Uh, and one of them you just have to answer. So question number one, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as Hand of the King, Tywin takes the title of Warden of the East away from Jamie and bestows it upon who? Mace Tyrell? Robert Aaron? Littlefinger? Or Kevin Lannister? Littlefinger. Kevin. I got a point. What? Who? It's a little, the sweet Robin gets it. Oh, I almost answered that. It's very oh, close. I do not remember that at all. And also Robin. undeserved. That little shit. <laughs> Me or sweet Robin? Both of you. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, to kind of buy, buy the support of the veil, uh, Tywin. Gives it to to House Aaron, who who's supposed to have it to begin Aaron. with, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I right, remember when we good. took that yeah, away from you. Yeah. <laughs> there was a you long pause back. there. I bet there's going to be listeners who are just screaming at their iPods. Yes, probably. Oh, yeah, for sweet yeah. Robin. <laughs> sweet Robin. Well, <laughs> we haven't set a good precedent. Let's re- let's uh, you know let's make question number two. Make up for it now. Okay. Uh, this one might stump you too. Okay, Matt, don't get too ahead of yourself. Which of the brave companions... (laughs) Don't get cocky. Which of the brave companions swings the blade that removes Jamie's hand? Is it Vargo Hote? Or Swick the Faithful? Igo? Or Zolo? Zolo. Igo! Oh, shoot! Scat shot it. Zolo. I knew who it was, but the name sounded. Yeah, okay. One of them Dothrakis. Yep, one of them Dothraki. The brave. That was kind of like Dothraki racist of me. I believe you mean Dothraki. (laughs) Yes, Dothraki is exactly what I meant. No, I actually was going to put someone else in there, but I wanted to mess with you guys by putting Zolo and Ego in there. Ego, however we call them. Okay, this is not multiple choice. You just have to shout out the answer. You don't have to get the exact quote. I will be the judge of whether it's close enough. Don't tell me what I have to do. I just did. What is the last thing Jamie Lannister asks of Roose Bolton before leaving him at Harrenhal? Give Rob my regards. That is correct. That was pretty good. You actually almost got it verbatim. It's give Rob Stark my regards. I don't believe he gets the point then. Oh, because, yeah, Jamie could have... Could have ridden over to some other Rob and just given yeah. his regards. It's One good. of the other ROBBs in the story. Yeah, yeah, way to be very specific. Yeah. And then, of course, Roos does give him his regards. It does indeed. Light. Yes. All right. We had some fun with uh, these brothers three throughout this this ser- or this book. Which Kettleblack serves under Jamie on the Kingsguard? Is it Osmond, Osney, Osfried, or Oswald? Oswald. The first one. Who was it, Scott? <laughs> Say them again. <laughs> Osmond, Osney, Osfried, or Oswald? Oh, no, I think it's Osney. Okay. Maybe it's Osmond. <laughs> Just tell us good- who it is. 
It, it's Osmond. Oh, oh I did say that. Ah, damn it. Okay, Mac gets that one. You did have it right at first. I did, but then I was... But, Fuck those guys, that proves up. my point. They're minions. Nobody can tell them apart, and they're lame. I'm going to give Brooke a half a point, because Oswald is that name that they <laughs> accidentally call Osmond a couple times in A Storm of Swords. That's actually in the mm. text, it's calling him Oswald. Who does? George does, or someone speaks yes. it that way? Yeah, we George we does. already we yeah. already like agogged at this. <laughs> shitty editing. How could they miss that? If they would have put me as the editor, <laughs> still time. Winds of Winter isn't done yet. Apparently, right. I could look it over for someone. We can't invent energy. Matter cannot be created or destroyed. So you each get a half a point then. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. I have four questions for Jamie. Nice. So okay. next is Brooke with questions about Samuel Tarley. You don't think that you belong here, but boy, let me tell you, you do. Samuel Tarley, they can hardly keep your dreams from coming true. Slaying things that'll make the bravest shiver. Time and time again, boy, you deliver. Slaying, fighting, reading, and writing. Samuel, boy, this world was made for you. First one, multiple choice. What is Sam's sister's name? Peony, Guinevere, Tala, or Mala? Tala. Tala. Good job, guys. That was scad by, like, a hair. No. That's what I heard. heard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Second, Second question. You can just shout it out. When Sam faced off against the other... He was also fighting the taunting voices of his father, his brother, and Alistair Thorne, telling him he couldn't do it. But which voice gave him the courage to charge forward blindly? John. Mm. Nailed it. Good job. Another point to scad. Okay. Another just shouted out question. When a man of the Night's Watch dies, what do his brothers say to bless his body? And now your watch has ended. They not watch has ended. Scad, you were cleaning up, man. You're slightly I... off. It's and now his watch has ended because they only let women on the wall. Or men on the wall. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Until uh... John takes over. Yeah. Okay. Another just shout it out. John tells Sam he admires how well Stannis controls his army. In the battle beneath the wall, there are limited there's limited looting and only three wildling women are raped. What did Stannis do to the rapists? Cut off their penises. Castrated them. <laughs> I totally it? got that one. I think it was a tie. He I totally got that one. I totally he, got that one. He gelds them, which I believe is castration, not just chopping off their junk. I said castrated them. I said castrated. That's why you both get a point. Good job. Well, I said cuts off penis, so if Matt's more right, then let's give it to him. It's just, oh, oh I heard cut off his everything. Yeah, no, it would just be his testicles, I, I imagine. But, eh, I, give I don't both. know. We'll give it to I don't Matt. know, like, like <laughs> the gruesome details of this punishment. I don't either, I thankfully. Hope was, I hope it was real bad, though. Do we have any unsullied okay. listeners? Maybe you can tell us all about it. <laughs> Last Sam question, and this is another shouted out. Obsidian is known by two names, commonly Dragonglass by the people of Westeros, and this name by the people of Old Valeria. Mm. Uh, oh, crap. 
fire. No, it's something with fire, isn't it? Yes, it is. Do you, do you guys give up? Firestone stone. No, I don't give up yet. I feel like I just read this. Dragon's breath. <laughs> it's baby's breath. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Frozen fire. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you're close. There's a bit of fire in there. Yeah. All right. We probably look one. into like the etymology of that name a little more. Frozen fire. Hmm. 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 Anyways. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's it for Sam. By the way, I have okay. a keeping score. I don't know if everyone else is. I've got a three for me, half for Brooke, five for you, six for you. Sorry. I have two and a half for you, one and a half for Brooke, and five for me. I have one and a half because I just got that one. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't give you that one. <laughs> Easy does it, Cheater McCheaterson. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Aria. Aria. Underfoot. Pulse face. Sticking with the pointy end. Aria. Underfoot. Pulse face. Sticking with the pointy end. We should have done this score thing after the first round ended. Um, this is a, a two-part yeah. question. As she murders Polliver, what question does Arya ask most, and what question does she ask last? Oh, most? Uh, is there gold? Almost. Last? Um, I don't know. I didn't know there was a difference. Where are you hiding the gold? Where are you hiding the silver? So Okay, so she asks, the, the most question she asks is how many? She says it. How many, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many? Any, how many, ah. yeah. And the last. Did you guys not hear that? Did I? Oh crap! Uh, you cut out quite you, a bit. You here. must have cut out. I heard nothing but silence from you. Sorry. Yeah. You know what? I have bonus questions. Let's leave that one out. Uh, the other, the the question she asked last is: Is there gold in the village? Um, how many? How many? How many? How many is there gold how in the many? village? Yeah. I just yeah. remember you saying that on the podcast. How many? How many? How many? How many? Yeah. <laughs> I was that annoying as well. Thanks, Matt. I was like, all right, Scott. That was enough. I must have blocked it. <laughs> Thanks, brain. I I hate you guys. All right. Uh, okay. We'll 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 do. I've got a bunch of questions for Arya, so I'll we'll just do a different one. Uh, okay. Here we go. Gendry is elicited for sex by a girl that might be his half sister. What was her name? Willow. Willow. Yeah. It yeah. is Bella. Ah, oh, shit, you're right. Willow was the one not looking for some Gendry piece. Listen, so Scott gets everybody's looking for some Gendry piece. <laughs> uh, okay, this is a shout out. All of mine are just shouted out questions. Who is the first person Arya reveals her identity to in A Storm of Swords? Uh, Gendry. Within yeah, A I Storm of right. Swords. Oh. Um... Is that a cock that he, she does it there? Yes. Sandor, I guess. Harwin? Harwin. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's see. Um, Arya leads Gendry and Hop High away from Harrenhal. She leads them north through heavily wooded areas. How does she know she's heading north? The moss. The moss growing on the trees. Yeah. uh, I'm going to give both you guys a point for that because it was pretty much the exact same time to me. I heard it so much before I heard Brooke say it. I heard myself. Okay. Uh... I'm going to stop now. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to accept your judgments. I promise. What is the name of Arya's new horse? 
Craven. Uh, Stranger. Craven. Well, I guess she. Yes. She ends up inheriting Stranger. Right. Well, Craven is but the one that she I... takes Stranger and sells him. But okay. New new horse would be Craven, so I was right. Yeah. 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 I suppose. I suppose yeah. I should have. I was made... thinking at the end, she yeah. takes Stranger at the end. You're standing takes... up right now, aren't you? Sit down. I'm only standing up because I have to poop really bad. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, okay. We'll go with one more here, and then I have a bonus that's really hard that I don't think is fair to ask. Uh, what do Arya and the Hound bring for the wedding feast? Oh, they bring... What was that? No, was it, oh. was it barrels of apples? Or was it pork? Salt pork. Pork, yeah, it's salt pork. Salt pork, pork got it. pig's feet, and I would have even accepted Stranger. Because they say that they're bringing it as a oh, gift yeah. for the young Lord Edmure. So, Brooke gets it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you want the fun bonus question? Whose deaths, yes. and there are seven of them, does the ghost of High Heart prophecy slash dream of? Oh. Holy crap. Oh. Um, Let's count them off, guys. So there's there's, there's really six and one that's not very fair of me to include. So, Balon, Renly... Uh, Rob, Rob, can't remember if she does Rob or not. She does. Mm-hmm. Who else? Cat, Your mother. I don't know. Cat, Jingle Bell, Joff, and yeah. the Sawdust Giant, which is the unfair one. She she says uh, that she sees uh, Sansa. She doesn't call her Sansa, but she sees Sansa um, at Joff's death, and the same girl. Um, destroy pulling the head off a giant. So, mm. all right. Uh, I think that's it. Okay. All right. So, so, what do you got for us for scores? Oh, uh, I have Matt with four and a half, Scad with six, and Brooke with four and a half. That's what I got too. We're synced up. Synced up at the end of round one. All right. So next. We're going to step away from the quizzing for a second. Oh, thank goodness. So stressful. And we are going to do some top five lists submitted by you, the listeners. Uh, We were going to do it to where we were going to allow you to submit lists. And if we didn't like any of them, we were just going to choose our own anyways. (laughs) Uh, But because that's how we roll, we just do what we want. Uh, But you ended up submitting some really good ones. So We were stunned. That you right. submitted anything that was any good. It was yeah. amazing. It was it was awesome. One participation, so surprising, so pleasant. Two thoughtful lists. Yeah. N- not so all was, uh, jokey bullshit like I offered. There was one girl who was submitting Top like vacation six spots. or seven lists. It was just she was just ridiculous. Talked about like sitting on Jon Snow's face or something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> taking a vacation on Jon Snow's yeah. face. Top vacation spots. Top, top five vacation destinations in Westeros. <laughs> One to four, Snow's the crossroads. Face. Number five, Jon Snow's face. But but I think you also You're added, welcome, I Internet. guess. It was like Jon Snow's face, I guess. She was just trying to save a little bit of face there. There was no guessing involved in Brooke's mind. 
So the first one, the first top five list that we're all going to give our, the first topic that we're all going to give our top five list for is the top five POVs that we wish we had. That was a question submitted by Alex. So Brooke, why don't you go first? Okay, this list got unwieldy, and I had to really whittle it down. Yeah, and I was disappointed mm, to see my that. final five, not including a single woman. So I feel like a piece of shit, but I'm going to be honest. You should. Here's I have two. I would have liked to okay. read. Okay. It was a tough. It was tough choices. Okay. It was hard. Number five, Tywin Lannister. Just to know yeah. how his brilliantly creepy and cruel mind actually works, I think it would okay. be fascinating. Number four, Varys. We need to get answers to all of our musings about his true motivations. Also, likely some hilarious, like, quipping where he has to, like, applaud himself because he can't say it out loud. Uh, number three, Baron. Mostly, yeah, for more, <laughs> mostly for more Tyrion exposure. And also, what is it like for a character to achieve their goals in this universe? Must be amazing. I just want to know what that feels like. Someone who's actually moving up. That's why I love him. Carry on. Uh, number two, Mance Raider. Again, just like pulling mm. the curtain on Mance's motivations and convictions. Uh, it would be awesome. Though I fear that if we knew more about him, I'd invest in him like I did in Ned Stark. And then there would be more tears staining my pillow. Uh, number <laughs> one. Peter Motherlovin' Baelish. Mm. Gotta know the inner workings of the little thing. Though I do the imagine, thing. yeah, the yeah. voice inside of his head is like Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> like all of his, all of his scheming and plot hatchery is just totally little yeah. finger. It's just the engine. Oh my just gosh! Get off in public. <laughs> the Dennis program. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's the dentist system, but yeah, he definitely dentist has system. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my list. Littlefinger is a super interesting one. Like, what is, what does he want? Besides Sansa Puntang, like, what does he want? You know, yeah, like, I think it's, it's hard to just like power, power, but but we don't actually know. Yeah, <laughs> that's see... why I want to get in his head. Yeah, I don't blame you there. Okay, so I'll go next, and Littlefinger was actually my final cut. Just because, mm. like, in the end, I feel like it is power and stuff. And, yeah, he was, like, number six. but mm. uh, Which will probably make my, my five that you're going to hear sound just ridiculous. But uh, number five is my man with a plan, Garland Tyrell. <laughs> Mostly so I could just get some purple <laughs> wedding validation. <laughs> You're really no, running with that theory. Just, eh? He's just gonna keep it till Light he dies. Light a hand, Garland Tyrell. <laughs> that Mantray Garland, just riding it till the end. No, but Garland seems like the one and only, like really good chivalrous. He seems like the superhero that he is, and mm-hmm. I want to see. Don't forget about is Davos. He really like that. Is he really like that? But I mean just like the picturesque oh, yeah. okay. Chris Evans type. He's a good fighter. He's really nice and respectful. He's really smart. All that stuff. Like what is really wrong with this guy? There's got to be something. Yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I want to figure that out. Number four, Patchface. Yeah. Oh. Be scary. 
One of the most puzzling, frustrating, maddening things in this series is reading and trying to decipher his little songs. Yeah. And in the back of your mind going, this could be complete crap. It could be nothing. Yeah, but George it, could be put out there just to give us something to freak out over, and it, it's nothing. It, yeah, it could it totally is? backfire, and you'd get nothing but, like, it'd be like reading a book of Shel Silverstein. Right. <laughs> like, that's what his brain is. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that's that's actually what he's. That's all he knows. Okay. <laughs> well, that was fun. Uh, number three, taking a page from Brooks' book, uh, Tywin Lannister. Mm. I want to see what's really going on in his head. If if the the stoic, stony outside uh, is reflected on the inside. Also get some insight maybe into Joanna. How does he really feel about his kids and stuff like that? Love to get into Tywin's head. Uh, number two, Sandor Clegane. Mm-hmm. What's going on with him, especially with the direction his arc takes in in uh, A Storm of Swords, Arya's last POV where she leaves him apparently dying. Um, you know, what's going on with him? How is he feeling about the life he's living? Stuff like that. And then number one, pretty much for the same reasons Brooke mentioned, uh, Varys. Nice. I feel like with, yeah, he's just so cool with the with the Master of Spies stuff and the little birds and everything. I just would love to see the inner workings of his spy network and stuff like that. Yeah, and so shameless with his with his deceptions, right? Like he sacrifices every dignity to mm-hmm. appear uh, non-threatening. But he's the most threatening character in the book. It's great. True. Good point. Scott. All right. Yeah. Top five. Scott? Who is this person? <laughs> I feel like that's the first time you've used my name on this podcast in like 49 episodes. Finally. I think that's probably my real you. name. The first half of episode one. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, all right. So I, I avoided... I I'm stunned neither of you guys got uh, Howland Reed on your list. Yeah, but I thought uh, about it. Um, top ten. John Aaron was on my list for a while, but we we haven't met mm. them. Yeah, that's true. That's that's maybe true. Uh, I, I avoided Varys, and I I avoided. Um, I, I tried to avoid anybody that I thought would like. Well, I guess Howland that I thought would like give away parts of the series that I'm kind of just waiting for like i don't i don't want the game mm. to be spoiled by knowing their thoughts but <laughs> but there are some like I, little fingers on my list he's number five because i don't feel like he's keeper of all the secrets that would ruin the series for me i really just want to know like what he wants kind of like what we what we said earlier mm-hmm. i just really want to know that so he was on my list but i took him off i had a couple alternates i took him off because you guys picked him so uh all right so my number five is miss sanday mm-hmm is she just one of those people that's just really so nice? Is she for real? You know those people so you're like of a Garland Tyrell thing. Yeah, are you can't be for real. You're not really this innocent <laughs> and nice, are you? There's something going on. Uh or, or because I'd really just if if she is that nice, I'd love to read that perspective of a genuinely good person in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know she is. <laughs> she's a little bird maybe. Uh Okay, so next on the list, uh, Septa Lamore. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made who, my list too at first. Who are mm-hmm. you? Is Aegon Fagon? What do you know? What are your secrets? Mm-hmm. Do you know? I want to know them. Um, okay, uh, you're on. Mm-hmm. 
are you for fucking real, dude? Will this horn you have work? Can I buy some goddamn beach property in Valeria yet? Um, <laughs> you know, like, just what is... The, is this guy... Is, is it bullshit or not, right? Um, I'd read the shit out of that POV. Yeah. Good one. Uh, number two is uh, the Lady of Barrowtown, Barbary Dustin. Um, this is all about the Grand Northern Conspiracy for me. I just want to know what she knows. I want to know what mm. she's really thinking. She plays the I'm really bitter and don't like the Starks card with, with Theon. Um, but I, I, I think she's just playing and I, I just like to, to know what she's thinking. I could see her getting like a prologue or an epilogue in the future. Like she's That'd like cool. of yeah, that yeah. ilk of, of sub character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, then she, but then yeah. she has to die. That would be too bad. <laughs> True. And my number one is Willis Tyrell. <laughs> because I just, a Tyrell bro too. I just want a nice relaxing chapter where a character reads and relaxes and pets a puppy and stuff. And we don't have to deal with murder and outrage. Well, Will, he might Will pine for Ober in a bit. Number one, he might. He might. Pine's okay. That's, as long as it's not for the fjords. That's another ship I'm going down with. <laughs> <clears throat> Look, you're only allowed to go down with one ship. That's why it's called going down. <laughs> I can't. Uh, okay, it's Willis and Ober in that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good lists. Good list, yeah. guys. So our next list, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna breeze through mine, and Scott, you might do the same, so that we can just give Brooke all the time she needs, uh, because this one is top five meals in a Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. This one was submitted by a couple people, Lucas Miller, um, uh, on Twitter. Her name is Ashara Stoneheart. It'd be really cool if that was her real name, but I kind of doubt it. Um, if she's over eighteen, so, she can change it tomorrow. Do it, Ashara. She can. Be Ashara. Be Ashara. You just gotta, if you can see it, you can be it. Mm. Okay, so my top five meals, and I'm not a big food guy. I had McDonald's for dinner tonight, and I'm regretting it right now. (laughs) So, my my list really isn't that interesting, Uh, but I I made an honest go of it. So my first one, I'm a meat eater. I'm a carnivore. Quails drowned in butter. That just sounds amazingly disgusting and would land me in the same world of hurt that the McDonald's meal tonight landed me in. Same as your two filet of fish <laughs> you are the only food. person I've ever known that ordered a filet of fish. <laughs> I did not. I know, I know you had ten I, nuggets. <laughs> it was not filet of fish. Oh, it God. was a double cheeseburger and <laughs> and or eleven chicken nuggets. <laughs> ten or eleven? What were they like? Genetically combined <laughs> this together? This number keeps climbing. <laughs> Uh, Hiram couldn't eat all his and so I helped him how many did you buy him (laughs) a few well you can get 20 for 5 bucks a little little set of eyes peering over a pile of nuggets (laughs) daddy will you tell me how are his bowels doing oh my goodness that is fine as far as I can tell that boy is he's a machine is strong hearty so like a piece um, of <laughs> number four, uh, lemon cakes. Love to mm. try me a lemon cake. Sure. See if they're as good as Sansa seems to think. Three, going back to the meat, venison stewed with beef and barley. Just beef and venison together sounds great. 
Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Number two, I uh, I subscribe to Ron, the Ron Swanson rule of uh, breakfast food. There's no, what does he say? There's no sadness that breakfast food can't fix or something like that. Um, so just the breakfast that they describe always makes me very hungry. Um, I don't know what a rasher of bacon is, but I'd love to try it. You so like a, what's a, a rasher? It's like a plate. Is it just a strip? Just like- the British way of saying a strip of bacon. Oh, that's it? That is not yeah. enough bacon for anyone. Were you imagining like <laughs> like a rack of ribs sized pile of bacon? A rack makes me think of like a side order of bacon. I so think that's what it is. I I okay, so like eight rashers of bacon. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and then number one, uh fray pie. Mm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Carnivore. That's up. That's me. Uh, all right. So Get. I was struggling with this. I'm like, where am I going to find all the meals? That, mm. But but I, I just, the internet is an amazing place. My friend Adam mm. in college once said, if you have even a passing interest in a subject, any subject, there's somebody so dedicated to that subject that there will be something on the internet completely devoted to it. Uh, and the internet is an amazing place. So there is a website called in at the crossroads.com and if you guys are into food i recommend you go there because they break down as far as i can tell it's every single meal in the books and how to prepare it or their version of how to prepare it yeah they've got a book out too even. they do you can buy the book there too yeah, and popular. so i just went down the list and found stuff that i remembered reading and that, that sounded pretty good so First, the Purple Wedding. So there's 77 things on the menu. Even a picky eater like me, and I am very picky, can find something on a menu of 77 things. Uh, mm-hmm. And specifically, the elk meatball, meatballs sounded good. Roundels of elk stuffed with ripe blue cheese. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds delicious. Um, next, Tyrion's breakfast at Winterfell. This is one of the first meals they described in the books. Um, bread, Tyrion told him, and two of those little fish and a mug of that good dark beer to wash them down. Oh, and some bacon. Burn it until it's black. Uh, I admit the de- the beer had a say in this choice, but um, but mainly it was the bacon. Mm. The fish I'd probably just throw to the dogs. Uh, okay, Old Bear's Hot Spiced Wine. I admit this isn't a meal, but, you know, it sounds good. Cinnamon, nutmeg, honey, raisins, nuts, and dried berries. No lemon. Sounds delicious. This is hot spiced like wine. Clear out the sinuses. Yes, yeah, exactly. He has John bring it to him a few times. Uh, and it sounds delicious. Uh, Dobbleson Salador said, have a meal on his ship. Um, he talks about minced lamb with pepper. And the other half of the meal sounds awful, but I'm really good at ignoring half my plate, so I'll just eat the minced lamb with pepper. Uh, it sounds <laughs> delicious. And the last one is a spit-roasted hare. One of the things I, mm. I, I love about uh, this book and uh, Lord of the Rings is, you know, the, the traveling song, you know, going on the road, stopping to camp, getting the fire going putting a hair on the spit, roasting it, just greasy, greasy hair, just <laughs> chewing it. Sounds delicious. So that's my five. What are potatoes? <laughs> yeah, potatoes. Like, Boil them, mash them, put them in a stew. There you go. Where he, like, snaps that rabbit in half. Yes. Yes. So, to you, Brooke. The, this is, to I you, know this Brookie. Is your, your crowning yeah. moment. Oh, this was a fun one. Yeah, I I did check out that website. Very helpful. 
but honestly, I, I had already made my list just by going to a search of ice and fire, which is oh, so phenomenal, and searching the word butter. <laughs> I just went through. I was going to ask. Out all my favorite oh, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, so, butter is a food um, group. Yeah. What did you find? Well, there are some beautifully described meals in these books. He does a fantastic job. As you guys have discussed, many, if not all, are meat based. Mm -hmm. Just when you thought I couldn't get any more insufferable, I'm also a vegetarian. So instead of bowing to meat culture and the glorification of eating dog, as they so often do in the books, um, I picked out my top five dishes, which it sounds like you guys kind of went to as well. God help you, George, if any are made with chicken stock, I will burn your house down. <laughs> yeah, so uh, don't eat the meat. It's the only way I can avoid being maliciously served the flesh of my kin by my enemies. And I'm pretty wow. comfortable with it. <laughs> okay, so in a cock, when Tyrion the Hand has his dinner of deception with Janos Slint... His new cook serves them a salad of summer greens tossed with pecans, grapes, red fennel, and crumbled cheese with a side of spiced squash, which Ugh. sounds like a meal I would eat right now. Um, one thing Lannisters all share is good taste. So in a cock, when Cersei invites Tyrion to dinner before revealing she's holding um, Alaya uh, captive, she feeds Tyrion creamy chestnut soup, crusty hot bread, and greens dressed with apples and pine nuts. Oh, yum. Oh. <laughs> okay, I would eat anything. Oh, by the way, this list is longer than five items, and I'm just going to keep going. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Take I a nap. I would Yikes. eat anything. I'm going to go to the bathroom. That three fingered hob wanted me to. <laughs> but, well uh, this description struck me as particularly appetizing, especially considering how much snow is outside my window right now. So at one point in a sauce, John dreams of three fingered hobs, thick cream of wheat with a big spoon <laughs> of butter melting in the middle, and a dollop of honey. Delicious. Mm, three fingered hobs, <laughs> thick cream of wheat. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> wow. these are too easy. We're not allowed to laugh at it. Too easy. No, we're not, we're so, not. in a cock, when Catelyn and Brienne are dining at Lord Caswell's table, he wastes an excellent spread on Brienne's boring food attitude and Catelyn's grief, including cream swans, spun sugar unicorns, lemon cakes in the shape of roses. How do you do that? Mm. Spiced honey biscuits and blackberry tarts, apple crisps, and wheels of buttery cheese. A plus. And then uh, throughout a sauce with the visiting Dornish and King's Landing, breakfast was often a Dornish dish of onions, cheese, and chopped eggs cooked up with fiery peppers. Mm -hmm. which... They like oh. it spicy. God damn. Mm. Also deliciously from Dorne is the meal served to honor uh, Balan Swan for bringing the skull of Gregor Clegane. Um, one, they got a soup made with eggs and lemons, uh, the long green peppers stuffed with cheese and onions. I don't really know what that would taste like, but I want to try it. But uh, the, the dessert is the best dessert in the book, in my opinion. For the sweet, each guest was served a skull of spun sugar. And when the crust is broken, they found sweet custard inside with bits of plum and cherry. 
Oh, that actually sounds amazing. <laughs> I know. That does sound celebrating good. the decapitated head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like some oh Day of the Dead shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dios muertos. Yes. And um, you know, there's a couple more, but it's just more like butter and lemon cake. So just one more bonus. When Illyrio serves possibly poisoned mushrooms to Tyrion in dance to humiliate Tyrion mm-hmm. out of killing himself, he describes the mushrooms as kissed with garlic and bathed in butter. Which, oh, oh what a great description. Oh, I just want to eat all those mushrooms. So if, you've ever, if you're ever hosting Brooke for dinner, Make sure there's plenty of butter on hand. Turn don't, on the butter hose. Don't serve any meat. <laughs> and uh, keep it interesting. She like, likes new stuff. stuff themed. Dried. Themed if you could. I tried to go vegan. It lasted like three months. Was... Like like if like if Brooke brings a severed <laughs> head to the dinner, try to have like a themed dessert. A themed dessert, dessert. Yes. Yes. yeah. Themes. Keep it classy, guys. Response. Yeah. Come on. Use your imagination a little here, guys. <laughs> Brooke, you did not disappoint. Indeed. Thanks, guys. You didn't my, either, Scad. My spit roasted hair wasn't Brooks. good enough for you, Matt. My spit no, that actually did get my mouth watering a little bit. Yes. Um, venison with beef. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Quails drowned in butter. Matt and I have talked about this before. We we're very much on the same page, food wise. Yeah. Eight rashers of bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it or simple. <laughs> That's well. all one meal. All that that I just mentioned. That'd be great. <laughs> Okay, uh, you guys ready to do some more quizzing? Yeah. Yes. We're going to jump from top fives to some more quizzing. So uh, put on your thinking caps, listeners, because we're going to go with a new fresh three POVs with questions on each. Brooke is going to kick us off with some questions about uh, Brandon. Branny. Branny boy. Er- Five, six, seven, eight. Brandon Stark, won't you come back down from that tower you Flying from your legs don't work, but they don't really need to work when that third eye's showing you new ways unexplored. And the summer's gonna come, no, it's gonna come, summer's gonna come, and boy, you're gonna fly away. First question, multiple choice. Get ready. Hmm. What is the seat of House Umber called? A. Lonely Hills. B. Great John's Great Club, No Girls Allowed. <laughs> C. Last Hearth. D, Forest End. C, Umberland. <laughs> That's right, Scad. Last Hearth. Last Good Hearth. Good job. Yeah. Matt, you knew it. Do you want a point, too? No. <laughs> you don't want, like, you don't want my point. I don't point. care. <laughs> okay. What is the name of the constellation Bran, Mira, Jojen, and Hodor are following to travel north? The Hunter. Not multiple choice. So you can just scream oh. it out. <laughs> Dragon's not... Tooth. I said the hunter. Did you guys not hear that? I heard you. Oh. I heard it and it's okay. wrong. Okay. Matt? Dragon's Tooth. So close. The Ice Dragon. Uh, point, point for Brooke. Point for Brooke. Nice. The only way I can get points is by you guys not answering my questions. So be it. Okay. okay. Next question this is a shouted out in the tale of the night of the laughing tree. The protagonist Cranaman is attacked by three squires of houses with sigils of two towers, a pitchfork. And the third sigil is. Uh, uh, three bales of hay. 
Scad. Sorry, I thought this was this one you guys might get. I don't know it. You severely <laughs> underestimate my memory. <laughs> Overestimate. Um, a porcupine. Oh. It's for House Blout. Yeah, as in Sir Boris Blout. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, last question. This is a shouted out. When Sam stumbles upon Bran in the Night Fort, tells Bran he has to come back down into the well with him to meet a mysterious white and his elk. And this sounds crazy to Bran, but what convinces Bran that they should actually follow Sam down? Uh, oh, Summer uh, trusts him and licks his hand. Yeah, nice. Summer. Got it. Yeah. Got it, Done. All right. Sweet. Uh, scab with Danny. Danny. Silver hair and purple eyes always on the go. Kicking it with the dragon kids and Jorothy. She knows just where she gotta go and won't be tarrying. Look out, Westerosi comes the nearest Targaryen. Good questions, B. Sorry, stumps you guys. Uh, this one's very specific, and if you think it's not fair, I can do another one. According to Arston Whitebeard, what was Rhaegar above all? Mm, kind of artsy. Um, a musician. Uh, a warrior, oh, a smart guy. Here's Brooke. I know you it. can't I stop me from guessing lots line. of things. <laughs> I know this line. Crap. <laughs> um, oh, oh, a romantic? No. Crap. Loyal. It's a single word. It's going to say it, and I'm going to freak out. Able. Able? Yep. Able, above Crap. all. Yeah. Oh, basically, okay. basically, he was indicating he's good at everything he tried. He was able. Yeah, yeah. Regular Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. No. Dang it! What does crassness do to a poor unsullied to prove they feel no pain? Cuts, Cuts off his nipple off. Yeah, nipple removal. Yeah, uh, I heard you guys both at the same time. I'm going to give you each a point. Okay. Um... Outside of Yunkai, the leaders of what two sellsword companies visit Danny? Second Sons and the Stormcrows. Yep, that's right. How many leaders of Marine does Danny hang as justice for the children posted every mile between Yunkai and Marine? Oh my gosh, it was like a lot. Like 168. 112. 113. <laughs> 37. 163. I'm 57. Oh. I'm not old. I would have gotten it sooner or later. You would have, yes, probably later. Although you said 168 <laughs> first. I don't know if you remember. That was very, very close. Like, if yeah. they had miscounted a couple times, they might have ended up at 168. Really, were they keeping perfect count on how many they did? Come on. I probably get this one. Yeah. All right. Uh, who, according to Danny, could not scheme his way to breakfast? Oh, uh, Locust Guy. Oh, nope. The fat guy with the sword. Belly, Bell Bell you can have it, Brooke. Bell you can have it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got, I got one more. Who convinces Danny to head to Slaver's Bay instead of continuing by ship? Jorah Mormont. That's right. Job. All Very right. good. <clears throat> good questions. Uh, Davos. Eyes are crying from the onions in the hold. Saves Danny boy. Saves Danny boy. Finger bones in a bag mean the truth will be told. Steady devil. 
Okay, so here's a multiple choice one. After he counsels against the slaughtering of small folk of Claw Isle, what is one title Davos is not given by Stannis? Not given. A, Hand of the King. B, Warden of the Stormlands. C, Admiral of the Narrow Sea. Or D, Lord of the Rainwood. B. C. It is B, Warden of the Stormlands. He's named Hand of the King, Admiral of the Narrow Sea, and Lord of the Rainwood, where he lives. Okay. I just read that yesterday when I was doing some of my uh, favorite slapbacks. Ah, there's definitely some Stannis-y ones in there. There are. Who was Stannis' hand before Davos? This is uh, multiple choice. A, Alistair Florent. B, Axel Florent. C, Melisandre. Or D, Justin Massey? A. B. It is A, Alistair Florent. God damn it. Gosh Alistair darn it. and Axel. Okay, not multiple choice. Although Brooke will probably make it multiple choice <laughs> by just shouting out answers <laughs> until she gets the right one. <laughs> How many sons did Davos lose on the Blackwater? Three. Well, lost. How many sons? I'm going to take it back. How many sons died on the Blackwater? Nope. It's two. You're both wrong. I'm giving myself a point before I start guessing. It is four. Four. Dale, uh, Allard, or Allard? I'm going to call him Allard. I like that. (laughs) Mathos and Merrick. Mm. This one is a fill in the blank, and you got to fill in two blanks here. Oh, I'll fill it in. You always have. Uh, Davos says this to Stannis. Hear me for the sake of the blank I brought you and the blank you took. Hear me for the sake of the blank I brought you and the blank you took. Fish and fingers. Onions and fingers. Brooke got it. Dang it. <laughs> Onions and fingers. I almost He's the onions. onion knight. <laughs> he, brought, the... he brought fish too, though, and I went, with, the, the I went with alliteration. I went with alliteration of fingers and fish. And, but, but Davos decided not to be poetic for whatever reason. That's surprising. Davos <laughs> not being poetic, waxing eloquent. Uh, that's, that's what I got. Those are my Davos questions. questions. All nice. right. Okay. Um, let's see here. I think we're going to some more top five lists now. Yes. We are indeed. This one. This one was really fun to do. I'm interested to see how it works out um, because it's a very visual type of top five uh, topic. It is the top five house sigils. So we just picked the five that we liked the best, and we probably all had different criteria that we tried to meet for them. This was submitted by uh, Aberis Targaryen. Real name. Not kidding. Um, That's impressive. But it was fun. It was fun to do. So Mm -hmm. let's see. I think we got uh, Scad going first on this one. Yeah. So I was pretty exhaustive in trying to look for these, but I I didn't get get to look at every single one. But I just use the Wiki of Ice and Fire, and you can find uh, the sigil for basically any family. I mean, there are some that are not discussed and known. And i got to be honest, I don't know who who does them all. I I should have looked who's responsible for creating all these, because I don't think George was sitting there at his little writing table, like, drawing all these things. 
but uh, somebody definitely took the time, and they're pretty freaking sweet. Um, my first one is uh, House uh, Trant, which is uh, Marin Trant. Uh, you guys know mm-hmm. him of the Kingsguard. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, they have a tagline at the bottom that says, So end our foes. And it's stark, like this dark, deep blue with a completely black man just hanging like from a noose. And it's just serious as fuck. It's awesome. It's just like <laughs> it's totally somber and and uh and and really intimidating if you were one of their foes. It's very Boltonish, yeah. It's cool. very it's very cool. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> one of them I believe they're a Westerland uh group that I didn't hadn't ever heard of. Uh Bainfort. Mm-hmm. And basically I picked it because their sigil looks like Emperor Palpatine uh surrounded <laughs> by fire. It's awesome looking. I don't know. I don't have any story about them. I don't know anything about them, but it looked like Palpatine in fire, surrounded by fire, and it's awesome. Um, okay, so Forrester. Uh, Forrester mm-hmm. is uh, they're a, a wolf squid clan, and for those that play the uh, the game, the the, the uh, I think they call it the Game of Thrones game. Um, Forrester is the family in the north that they kind of follow. Um, so I don't know if this sigil was developed for that game or whether it existed before, but it's I think it's really north. It's, it, it reeks of being a northern family. It's a black background with uh, a completely white tree with a long ass like like broad uh, like long sword uh, in the middle of the tree in black. It's just pretty. Mm. It's very stark contrast. It's very cool looking. Um, my next one, uh, House Blackmont, which lives right up the river from the Danes. Uh, they have a vulture that's holding mm-hmm. a naked fucking baby. Baby, yeah. <laughs> that it looks like it's about to drop. And I don't know what to say other than that's fucking awesome. I don't know. I want to know the story. Don't mess with those guys. <laughs> yeah, like, they'll steal your baby with a vulture. It. And they'll drop it. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. And then my favorite one uh, is... Toland of Ghost Hill. Now, I made major spoilers ahead. Just skip ahead 45 seconds if you don't want to hear this spoiler, because it's even... It's it's in the sample chapters of Winds of Winter, but... Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a character from House Toland that, uh, in the, one of the Ariane sample chapters that George has released, that tells about having dreams uh, of, of dragons, um, and everywhere they went was destruction, or, or something is what she says. And their sigil is a dragon eating its own tail. And mm-hmm. I think that it might be prophetic that she's the one having this dream and Danny and Aegon are about to potentially maybe arrive on the same continent and maybe consume one another? I don't know. Mm. A dragon eating its own Wipe tail. Wipe out House Or, or yeah. one of them eat the other, perhaps. Um, mm. But uh, anyway, it's a, it's a really cool looking, uh, looking sigil. So that's my top five. Good ones. Very cool. Nice. The Rookles. Okay. So I'm going for an obvious one for my number five, but I really like it. House Bolton. Yeah. Mm, a, you like I am, that one? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I'm no way endorsing the Boltons, but uh, I think their aesthetics are very innovative. Innovative. So creepy. A red flayed man on a pink background strewn with red blood drops. Yes. Oh, pink Look, and red. Disgusting. What is this, 1983? I love it. Um, But to make up for that, my number four is 
for house hornwood for Aww. all that they suffered. <laughs> they had an excellent sigil, which is a brown bull moose on an orange background. Yeah. Another classic 80s color combo. Yeah, I'm seeing um, theme here. Yeah. And in looking this up, I learned their house words are righteous in wrath. Ooh. Which are great, but also wasted. This <laughs> destroyed house. Um, but I hope maybe someday, maybe it's prophetic as well. And there'll be some righteous wrath for the hormones. Uh, number three, totally. House Manderly, the bearded merman. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm sure this sigil is like dead sexy. Just like the perfect specimen of man torso. <laughs> it's for House <laughs> Manderly, which is the opposite of perfect specimen of man. <laughs> ah, uh, hey, that's, that's a perspective call. <laughs> number t- number two, uh, House Stokeworth. Um, their sigil is a white lamb holding a chalice on green. Oh. <laughs> holding like Which, with thumbs. You, that's the thing when you describe yep. it. You're picturing like this little like cross-legged lamb <laughs> sitting there in a lawn green. chair <laughs> yeah. on on the little like um like sample sigil. It's sort of like cupped in its hoof. But <laughs> whatever the case, I think it's 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 great that Braun sort of like adopted this house and his sigil is like a burning chain. <laughs> yeah. Tiny tiny white lamb holding a golden chalice. <laughs> um and number one, and I've stated this is my favorite sigil before and I'm bringing it back, House Manwoody. <laughs> yeah, one, girl. Great name. Yeah, Two girl. amazing sigil, crowned skull. On a black background. Yeah, that's cool. Almost, yeah. almost as good as the vulture baby. But <laughs> <laughs> aesthetically beautiful. I, I didn't take Houseman Woody just because I knew you would. <laughs> I knew it was your favorite. <laughs> I wanted to give you that one. I think. Thanks, I think uh, from from a cool factor, I think Man Woody is way cooler than the vulture with the naked baby. But I just I, cool I like stuff. the story behind the vulture with the naked like. Were they just like completely high and like yeah yeah let's let's add a naked baby to this cool vulture we just drew like how did they come up with this That's probably how it happened Yeah Uh so I'm a man of very simple tastes and I like just the really simple sigils which many of them are Um so number 5 just giving my man some love is uh Bron of the Blackwater with his sigil, which is basically a gray background, green chain, orange flames. Mm. I, I just like the practicality of that one. It reminds everyone of what Braun did, and uh, it's no it's no vulture with a baby, but <laughs> it's descriptive. But what is? Indeed. Indeed. The next one I liked just because it's weird. It's a number four House Wainwood of the Vale, which is just a broken wheel. Yeah. I, I don't know how that inspires any mm. sort of fear or pride or anything. <laughs> it's like naming your car rental company Rent-A-Wreck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a wheel with like a quarter of it just bitten out or like torn out or something. Yeah, it's like the, a wain That's is cool. like a wagon, right? So it's like the right. wagon wood. So it's like, yeah, they're like, hey. Show this... a complete wheel. Yeah, Why do you have to have it's... it broke? Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, House Will or While 
I don't know how to pronounce it, W-Y-L. That's a Dornish house. And their sigil is just a leg, a single human leg, naked. Um, and wrapped around it is a snake that is biting the heel of the leg. Yeah. That's, 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 one. that's, that's a good the one. story behind that one. <laughs> no, there is. That's the, the story around that one is... Uh... The naked walk, the 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 walk of uh, the walk that they did yeah. with uh, the Baylor Baylor the blessed was it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he was saved by a dragon and all that stuff. But it took them that long to get a sigil, or did they change it after that? Was it something else before yeah. that, and then they changed it because mm. it was such a wonderful event? Then what are the rules for changing sigils? Can you just change them when you want to? Ask Peter Baylor. Feel- it feels like. Yeah, it feels like you can. Like if you're a second son, like with the with the Tyrells, Garland's mm-hmm. is two golden roses on a green background, and Loris's is three golden roses on a green background for the second and third sons. Yeah, it's like your personal sigil. Yeah, so what's, yeah. What's the rules with that too? Kind of like peel know. off and do your own design. I'm yeah. gonna do a do a naked leg, snake wrapped around it. Looks great. Easy to sew. Everyone started liking it, so they started phasing out the old sigil. Yeah. All new surcoats are made with the new uh, <laughs> sigil. Yeah. The ladies love it. <laughs> uh, I, I, number. It, go it, ahead. It'd be really. It's it's kind of like uh, you know some sports franchises that like get a following for how cool their branding is, like the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, like back in mm-hmm. the day, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, some of these houses, you know, they, they just generate a following just from that. Pretty yep. cool. Yeah. Flayed man. Yes. People are just flocking to be a Bolton. Yes. When they see that. <clears throat> I'm moving there, man. I want to well, wear tell that. You one that well, I'll tell you one that I'd flock to see just because of my fandom as a child and what I loved. House, House Estermont. Oh. With just a little cute turtle swimming on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all it is. It's just a turtle. Green on green. It looks good. Yeah, it's it's so cute. Yeah. I, I was a big Ninja Turtle fan as a kid. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was. So, I thought. Uh, I thought sure you were going to go with House Foot for your uh, hockey player obsession. Right, right. Didn't love it. If it would have just been a bare foot, I might have picked it. What but... was it? I don't remember seeing it. It's just like some colors with shapes or something like that. It's what? Really lame. lame. Yeah. They need to hire somebody. Some definitely has one with like two boots. Yeah, I don't think it was house foot. Yeah, anyway, house mud. It no. does have a. I think it has a sword. I only looked at it briefly, but I didn't. It didn't catch my attention enough. Yeah, my my like my biggest requirement is just the eye test. Does it look cool? Yeah, I like, if it doesn't meet that, then screw it. I don't care what the story is behind it. <laughs> but, I, but there were so many. It. I spent more time on this top five than I think I did on the others combined. It's hard, except for the yeah. slapbacks one. That one took some time too. Uh, number one, and this again goes back to my reason for picking bronze. I like ones that describe what the house is all about, uh, gives almost tells a story just within the sigil that's unmistakable. It's not like a broken wagon wheel or something like that. <laughs> so, number one, a classic house Seaworth, just Davos's mm. yeah. black ship with the onion on the sail. Mm-hmm. It tells everything that house Seaworth is about. It tells how House Seaworth became House Seaworth. 
and it's good looking too. It's like a grayish background with the black ship, and the ship looks pretty cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, I almost picked the, that the one too. The white onion on it is almost like a beacon. Almost, it's almost like a light on it, and it's it's really cool. So, House Seaworth yeah. gets my. Speaking of uh, ships with beacons, the uh, House Farwind of the Dying Light or something. It's a mm. it's a Iron Islands one. I almost picked yeah. that one too. It's cool. It's got a ship on it, and it's got like the red sun behind it. That's the one that's they're like eight days sail east, yeah, or, really or, or west. Yeah, they're like eight days sail west of the Iron Islands. And they're like crazy people, but their sigil's really cool. They hired a good designer. Good graphic designers over there in Far Wind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This was a fun one. I liked doing this next top five list. Top five sidekicks submitted by our old blood rider and loyal friend, Chase Trenaut. Chase Trenaut! And favorite naval blood rider. That sounded weird. It really (laughs) did. It really did. (laughs) Oh, now I'm imagining his Mm. belly button ring getting ripped out. Yes. Yes. Cut out by Krasnus. Uh, Brooke. (laughs) <laughs> You're first on this one. <laughs> okay, top five sidekicks. Number one, uh, everyone's favorite brother from the same mother, Kevin Lannister. Dutiful, able to carry out complicated tasks, unambitious but capable. Basically, when I hire a personal assistant, I want a Kevin Lannister. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, um, Hodor, because he carries you everywhere. Sounds great. <laughs> number three um, that's your only requirement yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much in a basket on your back yep alright it's funny because I'm serious uh, number three is um, Garen of the Greenblood who is one of Arian Martell's cronies and yeah. her milk brother so not as hot as the Dark Star, but loyal, a party boy, good company, and easily talked into doing stupid schemes. <laughs> um, number four, yeah, uh, number four is uh, Missandry. Uh, she's smart, professional, brave, and trusting, but probably too trusting. I think she's a, a, gr- a great little sidekick to have. <laughs> Perfect height to rest your elbow on, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Being a child slave, it's nice. <laughs> and She's free. Number... She was freed. <laughs> yeah, true. Excellent. But was she? Come on. <laughs> no. Num- number one, um, and I imagine this probably made on to your guys' list too, Podrick Payne. Oh. Loyal, loyal, he'll never be funnier than you are. <laughs> takes direction well. Well, he takes, he, he, he takes direction. <laughs> <laughs> those sidekicks are always trying to out-funny you. Fuck those guys. <laughs> you don't want anyone stealing your spotlight. Padre Payne. That's it. Those are my That's five. That's it. Nice. Uh, so mine starts the same as yours. Number five, Kevin Lannister, for mm. the exact same reasons that you mentioned. I just whether his loyalty's misplaced or not, you gotta respect the loyalty that's there, right? Mm-hmm. He he does it. He makes he makes being Tywin's right hand man seem easy. He just does mm-hmm. it. He's so capable. Um, he, I don't know how much of a free thinker he is, but that's why he's a sidekick, and that's why he made the top five sidekick list. 
<clears throat> Number four, Dolores said, the Ed said, just because you need <laughs> to have that. How boring would some of those John chapters be without Ed? Or how bleak would they be? Not boring, but how bleak would they be without Ed popping off something? And sometimes you need a guy who can just break up the tension like that. Do you think he knows Uh, the role he's playing? Or do you think he's really that down in the mouth? Like, is he... Is he saying this to be funny? Is this his own unique brand of comedy? (laughs) I feel like he's an Eeyore. Does he really think this way? Is he Eeyore? Yeah, that's what we called him once when I think when we met him. Is he really Eeyore? Yeah. I think he's really Eeyore. It's a part he's playing. Yeah, he's unintentionally Uh, funny. I think he's old enough that he's like, he's not trying to impress these young guys. It just so happens that he does. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. That's a good way to put it. Uh, number three, going non-human here, Grey Wind. Mm, good one. Almost pick Summer, but I love the initiative that Grey Wind takes. He's biting a, people left and right. He's a free thinker. Like, if he doesn't like someone, he's going to tell you that he doesn't like them. Um, of course, his whole, uh, his whole scouting mission where he found the way around the name of the place just completely escaped me. How? The, to- the Golden Tooth. The golden tooth is that what it's called oh my gosh i had it yeah where he went and found that game trail all by himself you know just one night like i'm gonna figure this out i love that about gray wind <clears throat> and he went down swinging uh tragically number two davo seaworth just mm. gotta have that guy tell you like it is just that unique quality of no man loyalty yet being the no man at the same time, right? Yep. yep. Kevin Lannister is the ultimate yes man. He will just agree with Tywin no matter what. And that's why he's at number five. Davos is at number two. Davos is just as loyal as Kevin Lannister is to Tywin, yet he will tell it like it is, which maybe makes him more loyal. Number one, Bron of the Blackwater. <laughs> <laughs> For no other reason other than just my favorite character. Yeah. Ex sidekick now. <laughs> yeah, he was, any, he was definitely a sidekick with goals of not being a sidekick. And that's one reason I thought of that I love him as a sidekick is he is the one who is <laughs> the sidekick is just a stepping stone to something better, and I respect the heck out of Ron for that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. My list. Scad. Yeah, I, I had some overlap. Um I had some okay. overlap with you guys. Um, so, Missandei, I'll take his number five. Uh, yeah, it's good to have somebody that... She's smart, right? She's sharp. She's uh, She also comes from, you know, kind of, um, you know, different background and experiences. She has different knowledge than you. Uh, and she seems super nice and agreeable. So I'll take Missandei. Mm-hmm. Uh, I combine these two. It's a little bit cheating, but Jojira... Jojen and Mira. <laughs> you have the benefits of being able to selectively tell the future, if you can read clues correctly, and also dinner every night provided for you um, from Mira's side. And they, they're super loyal. Uh, they call him my prince, which is awesome. Um, you know, they're super just... Yeah, that, that would be a requirement. Yeah, call me sure. my prince as you carry me in a bag on your back. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Grey Wind, uh, for most of the reasons you guys already said, muscle. Um, Matt, you put it well. He, when he thinks he doesn't like you, he lets you know. Um, but he's kind of the the added muscle sometimes you need from a sidekick. 
Uh, Podrick Payne, just we've seen we see absolute loyalty from this guy, whether it's Tyrion or Brienne. Um, mm-hmm. Just super loyal, gonna do whatever the job needs to get it done. Lacks a little bit in confidence, which you know you can prop him up a little bit and feel good about yourself. Uh, which is good. Uh, and then my last one is Gendry. I'm a homer, but uh, similar to the never going to be funnier than you angle that Brooke took, he's never going to have a better idea than you. So he'll truly be a sidekick. It's going to be your path that you take, not somebody else's. Uh, but he's got the added muscle, and he's pretty loyal too, and he'll step up and isn't afraid of a fight. So Gendry, uh, Gendry Waters slash Baratheon. Nice. I love it. That was Good a fun list. list to do. Those those yeah. were that was a fun list to work through because there's so many different requirements that it could be right? yes. that, that yeah. a sidekick could fulfill. Preferably, I'd have the whole team. Yes, Obviously. whole team of all side. I don't know. I think all those sidekicks will get jealous of other sidekicks. Uh, you could. Can you imagine? Have yeah. Just imagine your top five list as like your squad. How cool would that be? Mm. So great. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. All right, uh, that's it for top fives for now. We've got one more section of top fives and one more section of quizzing. But for now, we're going to break up the order a little bit. Oh, boy. And kind of, I don't know if we'd call this the main event, but I think it'll probably take the most time out of everything. Uh, and I know we each spent uh, quite a bit of time doing it. So what we're going to do, in similar vein to the POV thing that we already discussed is we're going to do what we're calling the Red Wedding Reach Around. We're going to revisit the whole Red Wedding chapter, which is Catelyn 7 of A Sauce. But this time, the three of us have each selected a character that was at the Red Wedding. And as we work our way through this chapter, we're going to give our insights, ideas, opinions, uh, jokes, japes, of what this character that we picked is thinking, acting, feeling, doing during while the events are taking place. So we really don't know how this is going to turn out. Yeah. But we're going to have fun with it anyway. This could be the biggest clusterfuck in Davos Fingers history, but it could also be a lot of fun. You know, this whole podcast was kind of predicated around that same idea, though, of we have no <laughs> idea how this is going to turn out. It's in the spirit <laughs> of what we do. It yeah. really is. Yeah. So I think it's a good idea, and it'll go somewhere. So what I was thinking is as we start out here, let's uh, let's each kind of announce which character we're doing and then give just a, a, a tiny look uh, into who they are and maybe why you were interested in them and why I picked them. Cool. So I picked Daisy Mormont. Uh, Daisy was the, she's, well, before she died, she was the heir of House Mormont. She's the daughter of Mage. Um, she is six feet tall. She's a big gal, but she's not like thick big. She's described as kind of tall and willowy. Uh, She joined with Rob and she became one of his personal honor guards and she fought every battle with him, uh, according to her. And she's the only woman as you can imagine, that was part of that honor guard. Uh, in fact, as I read more about her and kind of explored who she was a little bit, I came to this conclusion that she's got all of, she's very similar to Brienne, right? In that she's got a lot of Brienne's really good qualities 
all those qualities that we like about Brienne, Daisy seems to have as well, but she's also got none of her insecurities, which is something I really liked mm. about her too. Which, is, which comes to... from growing up in a, uh, you know, female supportive culture, right? Of, of yeah. Bear Island. Uh, it says that Daisy was given a morning star at an age when most were given dolls. Uh, and Kat thinks she seemed more comfortable both as a warrior and as a woman than ever the girl from Tarth had been. And I love that. She was comfortable as a warrior and a woman. Uh, she's kind, she's humble, she's very capable, and she's very self-aware. And she seems to be comfortable in her own skin. I love that about her. She fights, she does all these things, but yet, and Catelyn also describes her at ease in either garb or armor. Um, she's a good dancer. Catelyn says, in a dress, she's quite pretty. She's got a sm shy smile that lit up her face. She was graceful on the dance floor elegant she's described as well and so i love this woman who she's not just a fighter she's not just a, a woman who fulfills the stereotypical roles of that uh, she doesn't fall into any trope she's just a comfortable confident woman who's comfortable doing what she likes to do right so that's why i picked daisy mormon uh scad who'd you pick uh i'm going with the great john umber yeah the great John Umber, and uh, most of most of what I weigh in will be quotes in a great John Umber vo voice, um, <laughs> rather than thoughts and musings. Um, the great John—I I didn't put nearly as much effort as Matt did into Daisy, but the great John to me is a family man. Uh, he's fiercely loyal to that family, fiercely loyal to those that earn uh, that loyalty. Um, mm. but respects power, um, and uh, you have to show that you have that to earn his his respect. A powerful man, uh, Matt said. Daisy was big at six foot. Uh, Great John stands nearly seven feet tall. Uh, regarded as by Jamie Lannister as one of the men that he wouldn't really relish fighting against. Um, one of the, certainly one of the strongest men in Westeros. Um, He's got a, a son that follows him around on this call on this campaign that they call the Small John, but he's like six seven or something. Um, so he's also huge, also named John. Loves to drink. I kind of I kind of get the feeling he is. I don't want to say a frat guy, but but a guy that loves to have a good time and drink and party and live it up. And he doesn't hold back when he does. So. Lives hard. He lives, lives hard. Lives hard. Um, and uh, he also sings a fair bit in this chapter. So, guys, enjoy that. Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay. Rookie. <laughs> yes. So I chose Rosalyn Frey-Tully. <laughs> um, sweet Rosalyn has been hand-chosen by her father and owner, Walder Frey, to be oh, passed that's... on to his oh. liege lord, Edmure Tully. Hence the wedding. This is her wedding. So that's kind of why I chose her. Uh, she's got a sweet face, a gentle nature, and reportedly a banging body. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so like being born and raised a Frey, Rosalind's thoughts, I imagine, are fairly shallow. But 
also the privilege of being a blue ribbon fray has tempered her <laughs> inherent weasley instincts to a great degree. A blue ribbon fray, I That's love that. Great. <laughs> so, so I, I think from what we've seen of her, she is a genuinely nice girl, but she's still a fray. So I'm just, I'm interested to seeing how that uh, affects her thoughts throughout this, um, especially keeping up the deception because she was obviously told some of what's going down she's also the only woman in the history of the world that did not have a hand in planning her own wedding <laughs> but um, she might have thought she did but yeah yeah all right so, so hope you like those uh, characters uh, so what we're going to do is we've kind of split the chapter up into three parts, and each of us are going to take a stab at uh, summarizing one of those three parts, and then we'll all just kind of interject to talk about what our characters, again, are thinking, feeling, doing during that time. So I'm going to start us off with uh, the first part of Catlin 7. So here we are. We open, and the opening line is the drums were pounding, pounding, pounding in her head with them. Pipes wailed and flutes trilled from the musician's gallery. Uh, fiddles screeched, horns blew, the skin scurled a lively tune. This is perfectly describing some ska concerts I've been to. Uh, <laughs> but the drumming drove them all. Uh, the sounds echoing off the rafters. The guests ate, drank, and shouted at one another below. Walder Frey, Catelyn thinks, must be deaf as a stone to call this music. Outside, the rain still fell, but within the twins, the air was thick and hot. Mm. Uh, most of the heat came off the bodies of the wedding guests, jammed in thick, uh, so that every man who tried to lift his cup poked his neighbor in the ribs. And I just want to uh, say, great John Umber, these musicians are fantastic! <laughs> and the cousin of yours adds a nice touch. I've got a fever, and the only cure is more jingle bell. <laughs> That's good. Oh, so uh, Catelyn is at the dais. She's placed between Ryman Frey and Roose Bolton. Wonderful, wonderful dinner companions, and they smell wonderful. Uh, Roos, we notice, is kind of just like poking at his food. He's not eating a whole lot. And Catelyn couldn't fault him for his lack of appetite because the food sucked. There was a thin leek soup, a salad of green beans, onions, and beets. Uh, that sounds like a, like an Applebee's salad. I'd still uh, eat that. What's that? I'd still eat, eat it. it. Sounds great. So eat that. River pike, uh, mashed turnips jellied calves brains i think we commented on that that's very indiana jones-ish uh and a leech of stringy beef it's poor fare to set before a king yet rob ate it uncomplaining and her brother was too caught up with his bride to pay much attention and the great so, john ate it all up wondered why people were complaining and even nudged merit and asked him if he was going to eat his own turnips this is, this, calf jelly this, this is the great John's version of home cooking, and he is all <laughs> in on this meal. I just imagine him eating like whole sides of beef by himself. Well, he's got uh, to eat the turnips, some potatoes, some, some, some bread type things to soak up all of the ale that he is drinking. That's true. And, you know, Mrs. Umber 
makes him eat his vegetables once in a while. I'm sure she does. Uh, you would never guess Edmure complained of Rosalind all the way from River Run to the Twins. Edmure and his wife ate from a single plate, drank from a single cup, and exchanged chaste kisses between sips. <laughs> Gross. Uh, poor Rosalind's smile, though, had a fixed quality to it, as if someone had sewn it onto her face. Well, she is a maid wedded, but the bedding's yet to come, Catelyn thinks. No doubt she's as terrified as I was. Yeah. So, fixed smile basically means Rosalind's thinking about how she got trucked in front of her father, who gave her a belabored speech about duty, family, the honor of her, her sisters, and the entire Frey clan, about how he told her to quit her sniffling and think about the whelp being heir to River Run, how she would be the lady of greater standing than any of her sisters and nieces whose honor she's defending. And she's wondering... Yeah. At this moment, the sacrifice of her perfect wedding is worth all of this deception. She's thinking about her dreams of dancing to seasoned musicians with her handsome night husband, of her sisters being ear-bleedingly jealous of her feast, of being free of her father and the towers and the noise of the river drowned out by the petty gossip that nourishes her father's house. All of that could have been hers had she not been chosen for this scheme. Um, But yeah, but mostly she's thinking about the bedding and the bloody terror her sisters have told her to expect and how to just (laughs) lie back and be quiet through the pain. But at least once it's over, her sweet new husband will be imprisoned and can't do it again. Bonus. Bleak (laughs) indeed. Wow. Well, The great John is. I don't know. Such a bummer. But the great John isn't having thoughts anywhere near that dire. (laughs) He's looking around the room like Catelyn is, noting all the fray women packed into the crowded Mm. room, and all of their flaws. Takes a big gulp of ale, and he notes that most of them were pretty flawed, until his eyes found Rosalind, Edmure's new bride. The only and one he's going to see naked tonight. The only one he's going to see naked tonight. The only one he wants to see naked tonight. And he pokes Merritt again in the ribs and says, Rosalind is a beauty, Merritt. You phrase. Mm. You certainly keep trying until you get it right. Ha ha ha. Goodness gracious. So, uh, thank you for those insights bleak and funny as they were <laughs> but <laughs> insights indeed um and brooke i think you really hit the nail on the head of how this whole marrying off your daughter's thing works in westeros mm-hmm. unfortunately yeah just... it should it should be pointed out that she's much more worried about her own situation than the mm-hmm. fact that many of the men around her are going to Paying the fray price tonight, so yeah, yeah. it's not completely innocent. Uh, well, uh, the innocent are out dancing right now. Um, we do see lots of uh, gals and dudes out strutting their stuff. Rob had done his duty like a king in that uh, to appease Walder Frey, he had to dance with like all of Walder's daughters and stuff. And he did. He danced with all the little girls um, 
Fat Walda, Gatehouse Amy, um, Pimply Twins Sarah and Sarah, um, and a little gal who must have been all of six years old. Oh, that must have been cute, her like dancing on Rob's feet and stuff. Yeah, and at this point, Rosalind's thinking, huh, there's the king I could have married. Oh, you think she's ogling? Oh, definitely. Well, not yeah, yeah. not like she's not really in a position right now to be lustful. To ogle, but, yeah. But uh, she's definitely seeing her sisters dance with this handsome young wolf. And uh, Edgar's an okay dish to be served, but... He ain't the main course, basically. <laughs> and well, she she does get a dance with him. Um, I didn't yes. call that one out, but uh, yes, no, she does, does. But Rob but does take a turn with Rosalind. Seeing Rob slut yes, out his dancing on. like he does mm-hmm. gets her thinking. Yeah, this could have been me. <laughs> uh, while all the dancing is going on, we've already heard from him a couple of times, but the uh. Catelyn thinks the late Lord Frey might be niggardly when it come, came to feeding his guests, but he did not stint on the drink. The ale, wine, and mead were flowing as fast as the river outside. The great John was already roaring drunk. <laughs> Lord Walder's son Merritt was matching him cup for cup. Uh, Sir Waylon Frey had passed out trying to keep up with the two of them, and Catelyn would sooner Lord Umber had seen fit to stay sober... But telling the great John not to drink was like telling him not to breathe for a few hours. Hey, Bridge Lord! I need another mug down here. I've got two hands for drinking with only one mug of ale. <laughs> Come on over, John. Have a drink with your father. Uh, good segue, Scad. Because uh, Small John was not drinking. That night, Wuss. along with a few others, <laughs> Robin Flint, uh, Fairwall, Patrick Malister, and Daisy Mormont. They were her son's guards that evening, her being Catelyn. Um, a wedding feast, she says, was not a battle, but there were always dangers, um, and so the king needed to be guarded. However, none of them are armed. They've all got their swords hanging on pegs uh, along the wall in the, in the hall where they're having the feast. So, Daisy, we know we now see she's one of those four people who is meant to guard, and she we we find out that she stayed that she's with Rob. We know that her mother went um, uh, to find Greywater Watch. She's in the neck right now. Her mother also took two of uh, her daughters, Daisy's sisters, with her. But Daisy stayed with Rob. Now, we could just say that she's part of the honor guard. She had to. But I do think it's cool that she did stay. I'm sure if she wanted to go with her mom and the rest of her family, uh, Rob would have made it happen. He just seems like that kind of guy. So just calling it out there that Daisy did stay. Uh, Loyalty, yes. But I wonder, I wonder, you guys, if maybe it was just for a bit of fun. (laughs) Like, Like, after all this battle that she's done she's done nothing but fight but we know she's we find out later that she's a pretty good dancer and that she likes doing this kind of stuff this is the opportunity to just let her hair down and do something else she likes for a a, a night that doesn't include dressing up in armor and cutting people to pieces and that might have sounded a little appealing to her and maybe it's not the only reason she stayed but it could have sounded appealing and been fun for her to do that uh 
I imagine there's not a lot of opportunity for a feast of this size and this magnitude on Bear Island. Uh, and that could have appealed to her as well. Obviously, the feast, as Catelyn describes it, isn't that great. But nevertheless, it's one of the larger houses in Westeros. A cool opportunity. And maybe I'm reaching a little bit here. But Daisy is unmarried at this point. Maybe she's out to meet somebody. Maybe <laughs> she's got that in the back of her mind. Trolling. That, yeah, maybe. I'm not saying she's going after a fray. Maybe, maybe she's got her eyes on Patrick Malister or something like that, you know? Maybe and she is going someone... after a fray. She grabs one, right? She grabs a married one a little later on. Oh, a married one. Uh, yeah, Edwin is married. Uh, but hey, she can do what she wants. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just ask but... Donald Trump. Sorry, couldn't resist. Whoa, whoa. That's, that's twice in two episodes. Uh, but I wonder if maybe she was leaving that opportunity open. So it's a good thought. There you go. Thoughts on Daisy. Okay. Uh, Roose Bolton is still not eating. Let's call that out. And Catelyn thinks to herself, was there ever a wedding less joyful from everything that we've described so far? Great. John's having a good time. Edmure's having a good time. I don't know that too many other people are. Uh, let's see. There's just people eating, there's uh, people are getting rowdy and stuff like that. But it doesn't seem to feel like a wedding feast, like a joyous occasion. I mean, there's even two dogs that start fighting and they like pour alcohol on the dogs and stuff like that. It's just like turning into this mess. Uh, the sight of the dogs made Catelyn wish once more for Grey Wind, but Rob's dire wolf was nowhere to be seen. Um, Lord Walder refused to let him in through the hall, uh, on the account that he rips out throats, apparently. And so we'll have no such creature at Roslyn's feast. Uh, we know why, what the real reason is, but nevertheless, uh, Rob fights back a little on this. He's played the perfect penitent, I'm so sorry type guy, almost groveling to Lord Walder. But on this, he does bite back a little bit about letting Grey Wind in. And uh, he, Walder finally gives the ultimatum, might be your king. I won't say you're not the king in the north. <laughs> but under my rule, or under my roof, my rule, have your wolf or have your wedding, sire. You'll not have both. Uh, Catelyn could tell her son was furious, but he yielded with as much courtesy as he could summon. So that's part one. And let me just drop in the Umber's thoughts on the last little bit of summary. He loves the music, <clears throat> loves how loud it is, wants them to turn it all the way up to 11 lutes at once. <laughs> and he also enjoyed the dogfight, but he's fiercely proud of Grey Wind, the symbol of their army. And wants him there so that he could make mincemeat of both of these little mongrel puppies. Oh, so he wants it just to see the the the, the dogfight that would ensue. He wants Greywind to take these dogs out and show these friends <laughs> who's boss. <laughs> the uh, the great John does not mince words. He does not hold back what he thinks. Yeah. So say it, the great John. He doesn't. So says the great John. <laughs> I love third person Great John. It's amazing. <laughs> third person Great John does what he can. <laughs> yeah, Rosalind is still dealing with this shitty situation the only way she knows how, being courteous to her new lord, 
and uh, trying to keep the tears to a minimum. Just uh, mm-hmm. just an elegant trickle, not great heaving sobs, which is what she really feels. Um, also, and Daisy's uh, having a good time. Uh, she's she's like trying to keep an eye on everybody and stuff. She's one of those that's like she's she's very loyal. So she she started out the night keeping a really close eye on Rob, kind of like vetting the people that were coming up to him and stuff, patting the the fray girls down before they dance <laughs> with, with Rob and everything. But she's finding herself getting more drawn into the fun and festivities of the night. She knows she looks banging in that dress. And uh, it's she's finding it harder to separate the, the work and the pleasure. Yes. So the great John had drunk another of Lord Walder's brood under the table. Uh, Peter Pimple this time. Maybe that's who Daisy was after. <laughs> yes. Catelyn thinks. Not off the, the table. <laughs> The lad has a third his capacity. What did he expect? Lord Umber wiped his mouth, stood, and began to sing. Go for it, Scat. Poor Peter can't keep up. I'll let you boys catch a breather on the drinking and join in on this wonderful music. A bear there was, a bear, a bear, all black and brown and covered with hair. His voice was not at all bad. <laughs> though, though somewhat thick from the drink. <laughs> Um, Scad's wife's upstairs going what in the world yeah. <laughs> no this is yeah, like a unfortunately... Tuesday for us. this is like a Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> yeah Scad always sings the lyrics to the wrong song that is playing uh, and in this case it was actually the flowers of spring is what the musicians were playing not the bear in the main fair no one tells the great John what the great John should sing yeah even even poor Jingle Bell covering his ears from the cacophony because uh, the great John is uh, great John and so hard. So Ruse Bolton murmured some words too soft to hear and went off in search of a privy. Bye, Ruse. The cramped hall was in a constant uproar of guests and servants coming and going. A second feast for knights and lords of somewhat less rank was roaring along in the other castle she knew. Lord Walder had exiled his base-born children and their offspring to that side of the river so that Rob's Northmen had taken to referring it as the Bastard Feast. Um, Yeah, I'm going to interject as myself. I'd want to be at the Bastard Feast. Sounds delicious. Let's go there next. (laughs) Um, Some guests were no doubt stealing off to see if the bastards were having a better time than they were. Some maybe even venturing as far as the camps. The phrase had provided wagons of wine, ale, and mead so the common soldiers could drink to the wedding of River Run and the twins. So Rob sits down in Bolton's vacant place. A few more hours and this farce will be done, mother. He said in a low voice, and the great John sang of the maid with the honey in her hair. The maid with honey in her hair. <laughs> Blackwalder's been mild as a lamb for once, and Uncle Edmure seems well content in his bride. He leaned across her. Sir Ryman? Sir Ryman blinked and said, Sire, yes. I'd hoped as Oliver to squire for me when we marched north, said Rob. But I do not see him here. Would he be at the other feast? Ulver? Sir Ryman had uh, shook his head. No, not Ulver. Gone. Gone from the castles. Duty. <laughs> Duty. Duty. 
<laughs> and Rosin's like, duty. <laughs> Daisy's like, duty. <laughs> duty! <laughs> yep. At all three. Mm, I see. Rob's tone suggested otherwise. When Sir Ryman offered nothing more, the king got to his feet again. Would you care to dance, mother? Uh, thank you, but no. The dance was the last thing she needed with her head, the way that her head was throbbing. Uh, no doubt one of Lord Walter's daughters would be pleased to partner you. Oh, no doubt. Rob's smile was resigned. So the musicians were playing Iron Lances by then. Well, the great John sang The Lusty Lad. Oh, he's never mad and never glad when he's in your bed, the lusty lad. Callan turned to Sir Ryman. I had heard that one of your cousins was a singer. Uh, Alessander, Simon's son. Alex is his sister. He raised a cup toward where she danced with Robin Flint. Will Alessander be playing for us tonight? Sir Ryman squinted at her. Uh, not him. He's away. Duty. He wiped sweat from his brow and lurched to his feet. Pardons, my lady. Pardons. Duty. Catelyn watched him stagger toward the door. Edmure was kissing Rosalind and squeezing her hand. <laughs> Elsewhere in the hall, <laughs> Sir Mark Piper and Daniel Frey were playing a drinking game. Lame Lothar was saying something amusing to Sir Hostine, and one of the younger Freys juggled three daggers for a group of giggling girls. And Jingle Bell sat on the floor sucking wine off of his fingers. Sucking wang. Yeah, <laughs> sucking wang. <laughs> Cream of wheat. The lusty lad. The servers were bringing out huge silver platters piled high with cuts of juicy pink lamb. The most appetizing dish they'd seen all evening. Rosalind does not agree. Rosalind is a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Rob was leading Daisy Mormon in a dance. Um, that must be kind of interesting, right? Like, you're fighting for this guy, battles and battles, you're killing each other, killing each other, you're killing people together, and then you dance. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that going to kind of feel a little surreal? Uh, and, and I think it's just a very friendly type thing. I, I get the feeling that Rob has trusts Stacy a lot, to the point that like he put her in his honor guard. <laughs> And maybe it was just to appease House Mormont by having someone in the honor guard. Or maybe it was because he really trusted her. And even with all the crap he got, because Catelyn mentions he gets crap for having a girl in his honor guard rather than other more able men. Uh, but he, he kept her in it. And so I, I, get, the, I get the feeling that uh, there's, there's a lot of trust between Daisy yeah. and Rob. No strings feel, attached. Yeah, they're buds. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're kind of Ron Swanson and Leslie Nopey. Very true. Very yeah. good. Yeah. So, so um, the uh, the Great John saw Sir Ryman get up and leave and assumes it must be because he can't hold his ale. So he requests the Bridge Lord to send his mead his way. <laughs> and he also cheers along his new friend, Daisy Mormont, with Rob in another hearty verse, which I will refrain from singing. But uh, he he is enjoying very much seeing Rob and Daisy enjoy themselves for a change, rather than having to fight all the time. Yeah, so Catelyn observes that when she wore a dress in place of a hauberk, Lady Mage's eldest daughter was quite pretty, tall and willowy, with a shy smile that made her long face light up. 
It was pleasant to see that she could be as graceful on the dance floor as in the training yard. Catelyn wondered if Lady Mage had reached the neck yet. She had taken her other daughters with her, but as one of Rob's battle companions, Daisy had chosen to remain by his side. Yeah, and uh, I think that it was one of those things where Daisy, you know, she got a dress and stuff for the event. And at first she, like, was worried because she hadn't worn a dress in a long time and stuff. But then she passed by a mirror on her way down and she's like, dang, I still got it. <laughs> Looking good. <laughs> I still got this. So <laughs> it's cool to see Daisy indulging a little bit, yet still fiercely loyal to her to her sire. Yeah, I think there's a danger in presuming that Daisy is meeting all of these qualifications to be a, a cool gal woman. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, th- I feel like she still probably has flaws. Like maybe she's a no. She she parties too hard, or no. <laughs> like no, I, no. I just I think it's to be fair. To... Okay, so season. Uh, Go ahead. Catelyn thinks that Rob has Ned's gift for inspiring loyalty. He certainly does. Oliver Frey had been devoted to her, uh, devoted to her son as well. Hadn't Rob said that Oliver would wanted to remain with him even after he'd married Jane? Seated betwixt his black oak towers, the Lord of the Crossing clapped his spotted hands together. The noise they made was so faint that even those on the dais scarce heard it. But Sir Enyes and Sir Hossein saw and began to pound their cups on the table. Lame Lothar joined them when Mark Piper and Sir Danwell and Sir Raymond. Half the guests were soon pounding. Finally, even the mob of musicians in the gallery took note. The piping, drumming, and fiddling trailed off into quiet. And uh, at this point, Rosalind's thinking, ah, shit. Time time for Dad to speak. Oh, gosh. Great. What what bullshittery is going to spout from that asshole in his face next? But, you know, in, like, more gentle, gentle way of thinking that. But that's her fear. Umber noticed that as soon as uh, everyone started paying, paying attention to the bridge lord, uh, the the mead stopped flowing. So he ran and got another mug himself. <laughs> uh, Your grace, Lord Walder called out to Rob. The Septon has prayed his prayers. Some words have been said. And Lord Edmure's wrapped my sweetling in a fish cloak. But they are not yet man and wife. A sword needs a sheath. <laughs> And a wedding needs a bedding. <laughs> what does my sire say? Is it meat that we should bed them? Did someone say Dude. meat? <laughs> Dude's pretty Did excited about, yeah. about getting his, his daughter uh, naked. It sounds like a, an American That's... politician I heard about. A Three squirrel. times in two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know who I'm talking about. You guys have a lot right. of politicians. A lot we of pretty ones. You could argue we don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Nice singer. Um, a score or more of Walder Frey's sons and grandsons begun to bang their cups again, shouting, To bed, to bed, to bed with them! Rosalind had gone white. She was not looking forward to this part. Uh, humiliation piled upon humiliation by her family and trusted loved ones. It's, it's great. Catelyn wondered whether it was the prospect of losing her maidenhead that frightened the girl, or the bedding itself. Both. Everything. It's all terrible. 
With so many siblings, she was not like to be a stranger to the custom, but it was different when you were the one being vetted. On Catelyn's own wedding night, Jory Cassell had torn her gown in his haste to get her out of it, and drunken Desmond Grell had apo- kept apologizing for every body joke, only to make another. <laughs> when Lord Dustin had beheld her naked, he told Ned that her breasts were enough to make him wish he'd never been weaned. Oh, gross. So gross. This all seems perfectly <laughs> acceptable to the great John. You still want to be drinking breast milk? Okay, okay, whatever. Poor man, she thought. He had ridden south with Ned, never to return. Yeah, poor man. Poor man. <laughs> yeah, she's feeling really bad about that. Catelyn wondered how many of the men here tonight would be dead before the year was done. Too many, I fear. Oh. <laughs> she is right. Mm-hmm. Rob raised a hand. If you think the time is meat, Lord Walder, by all means, let us bed them. Did someone say meat? <laughs> a roar of approval greeted this pronouncement. Yay! <laughs> roar, Scott. <laughs> the, the, the great John would have a roar. Yeah. Up in the gallery, the musicians took up their pipes and horns and fiddles again and began to play. The queen took off her sandal and the king took off his crown. Jingle Bell hopped from foot to foot, his own crown ringing. I hear Tully men have trout between their legs instead of cocks, Alex Frey called out boldly. Does it take a worm to make them rise? (laughs) (laughs) To which Sir Mark Piper threw back, I hear that Frey women have two gates in place of one. Wow. Nice. At which point Rosalind is imagining a quiet elopement away from her family <laughs> maybe with rob stark um and alex said i but both are closed and barred to little things like you oh a gust of laughter followed until patrick Mallister climbed up onto the table to propose a toast to edmure's one-eyed fish <laughs> and a mighty pike it is he proclaimed nay i'll wager it's a minnow fat walden bolton shouted out from catlin's side and the general cry of bed them, bed them, went up again. Bed them, bed them! The guests swarmed the dais, the drunkest in the forefront as ever. That's me! <laughs> the, yeah. men, the men and boys surrounded Rosalind and lifted her into the air, whilst the maids and mothers in the hall pulled Edmure to his feet and began tugging at his clothing. He was laughing and shouting body jokes back at them, though the music was too loud for Catelyn to hear. She thought of the great John, though. Give this little bride to me, he bellowed. Give this little bride to me. <laughs> Remember this little thing? No meat on her at all. <laughs> Even that mirror should be able to lift this little thing. Catelyn felt sorry for the girl. Don't worry. Catelyn, <laughs> Rosalind feels bad for herself. As well. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I feel like, uh, so we know Daisy didn't, like, at least take Edmure upstairs because, of course, she was, like, the only lady left in the hall besides Catelyn. But so I don't know if she, like, participated in the first part, but then just didn't go because she had to stay to protect Rob. But I kind of get the feeling that at Bear Isle, the women are kind of like, when a betting ceremony comes up, they're like, no, you're not doing that to me. You know what I mean? And the guys are like, okay. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's, I just don't see that happening a whole lot up at Bear Isle, so it could just been one of those things like, eh, I'm not going to do that. So. <laughs> or they yeah, could be so... the opposite and totally into it. 
Yeah. And then and then as she's like, oh, yeah, I got to protect Rob. Sorry, guys. I, you guys go the rest of the way. I got to stay here. <laughs> Just looking like regretfully Actually, that after them. Excited. Yes, it was more like, oh, I guess I got to stay. <laughs> and she uh... looks over at Rob kind of like, can I go? And he kind of shrugs. And... <laughs> she wants to save for the sausage fest, you know. Yep. She's uh... thinking. Sausage. Yeah, you. You wanted me to not paint her in the perfect light. She's thinking I get all these dudes to myself now. <laughs> That's not an imperfect thought. It's that actually not what pretty Daisy's logical. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Catelyn felt sorry for the girl. Most brides tried to return the banter, or at least pretended to enjoy it, but Rosalind was stiff with terror, clutching the great John as if she feared he might drop her. I'm not going to drop you, little thing. She's crying, too, Catelyn realized as she watched Sir Mark Piper pull off one of the bride's shoes. I hope Edmure's gentle with the poor child. Jolly body music still poured down from the gallery. The queen was taking off her kirtle now, and the king his tunic. She knew she should join with the throng of women round her brother, but she could only ruin their fun. The last thing she felt now was body. Edmure would forgive her absence, she did not doubt. Much jollier to be stripped and bedded by a score of lusty laughing phrase than by her by his sour, stricken sister. Oh, that that's just an unknown component of this that we ceremony that we've never talked about. Being like undressed by your sibling, <laughs> it just sounds awful. I think we have talked about it. We all fully agreed that this is a terrible custom that should never this be brought sucks. into this universe. I remember that conversation. I remember we talked about the sibling component, but maybe I just blocked it out because it was when so with terrible. the phrase, it's your cousins, it's your aunts, it's your uncles, yeah. <laughs> everybody. As man and maid were carried from the hall, a trail of clothing behind them, Catelyn saw that Rob had also remained. Walder Frey was prickly enough to see some insults to his daughter in that. He should join in Rosalind's betting, but is it my place to tell him so? She tensed until she saw that others had stated well. Peter Pimple and Sir Wayland Frey slept on, their heads on the table. Merritt Frey poured himself another cup of wine, while Jingle Bell wandered about stealing bites off plates of those who'd left. Sir Wendell Manderley was lustily attacking a leg of lamb, and of course Lord Walder was far too feeble to leave his seat without help. He will expect Rob to go, though, she could almost hear the old man asking why his grace did not want to see his daughter naked. The drums were pounding again, pounding and pounding and pounding. Daisy Mormont, who seemed to be the only woman left in the hall besides Catelyn, stepped up behind Edwin Frey and touched him lightly on the arm as she said something in his ear. Edwin re- Hey, baby. No. (laughs) Wow. That's definitely what it was. I saw your wife went upstairs with Edmure. <laughs> Edmure you bound a clam? Edwin wrenched himself away from her with unseeming, unseemly violence. No, he said too loudly. I'm done with dancing for the nonce. Daisy paled and turned away. So I wonder if... Um... We notice that, that Daisy doesn't get all incensed or super offended or anything. Uh, but I, we know, you know, Daisy's a little bit older. She's she's unmarried, whether by choice or I don't know. But I wonder if uh, if if she has been rejected on a number of occasions, big and small. And although this is kind of just a small one with a dance, 
it still kind of is just rem- a reminder of some of those maybe past rejections, and it still kind of stings a little bit, you know? Mm. So, I, I wondered if she actually felt the same thing that Catelyn's about to feel. Something underneath his clothing. Not mm. something... <laughs> yep. <laughs> you said a roll of quarters in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so doubt has gripped Catelyn's heart where an instant before had been only weariness. It is nothing, she tried to tell herself. You are seeing grumpkins in the woodpile. You are become a silly old woman, sick with grief and fear. But something must have shown on her face. Even Sir Wendell Manderley took note. Is something amiss, he asked, the leg of lamb in his hands? (laughs) (laughs) That one's got his priorities straight. (laughs) To see him just like greasy chin. Mouthful of half-chew lamb. Something amiss? (laughs) She did not answer him. Instead, she went after Edwin Frey. The players in the gallery had finally gotten both king and queen down to their name-day suits. (sighs) Name-day suits? How did I miss that on my first whatever? (laughs) Oh, George. Kerm, name-day suits! What a thing to parallel in this universe. I love it. With scarcely a moment's respite, they began to play a very different sort of song. No one sang the words, but Catelyn knew the reigns of Castamere when she heard it. Dun, dun, Edwin... dun. Yeah, Edwin was hurrying towards the door. She hurried faster, driven by the music. Six quick strides and she caught him. And who are you, the proud lord said, that I must bow so low? Those are lyrics from the song. She grabbed Edwin by the arm and to turn him and went cold all over when she felt the iron rings beneath his silken sleeve. Catelyn, or Daisy's thinking, no, he's not going to dance with you, Catelyn. He just told me no. <laughs> Don't try. She's like, if Cat succeeds on this up this tree, then I, I know done. I'm, I'm, yep, it's all over for me. Catelyn slapped him so hard she broke his lip. Oliver, she thought, and Perwin, Alessander, all absent, and Rosalind wept. <clears throat> yeah, Rosalind knew all along that this whole shit show was going down. Yeah. Umber has noticed nothing other than, <laughs> right? other than <laughs> Rosalind's beautiful body. He still thinks, actually, they're playing the bear in the Maiden Fair. And <laughs> probably is still singing it as he gropes Rosalind. And uh, gets her down to her, what was it, name day suit. So he's completely oblivious and uh, still having a good time. All right, so now now we're switching over to me. And uh, I took even a slightly different tactic than, than Brooke or Matt. I'm doing mostly reading uh, from the section here, but I'm, I'm, skip, I'm skipping around a bit. I'm skipping some things that I think are less important and don't lend to the action. And also, uh, you guys will notice, you listeners, that... Our POV characters disappear about halfway through my reading, so the end might go pretty quick. Still, though, Matt and Brooke, jump in whenever you feel. I'll throw some pauses in there. <laughs> the end often does go pretty quick. <clears throat> too easy. I'm yeah, sorry. Too easy, girl, Too easy. Edwin Frey shoved her aside. The music drowned all other sound, echoing off the walls as if the stones themselves were playing. Rob gave Edwin an angry look and moved to block his way. And staggered suddenly as a coral sprouted from his side just beneath the shoulder. Slow motion. No! From Daisy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Umber is still just, you know, ogling. 
Mm-hmm. Up in the gallery, half the musicians had crossbows in their hands instead of drums or lutes. Cat ran toward her son until something punched in the small of the back and the hard stone floor came up to slap her. Rob! Mm. She screamed. She saw Small John Umber wrestle a table off its trestles. And Great John says, Boy! Stop making a mess! <laughs> Crossbow, <laughs> clean that up! Crossbow bolts thudded into the wood, one, two, three, as he flung it down on top of his king. Robin Flint was ringed by Frey's, their daggers rising and falling. Sir Wendell Manderley rose ponderously to his feet, holding his leg of lamb still. A coral <laughs> went into his open mouth, and he would never eat another thing again. Young Sir Benfrey had seized Daisy Mormont by the arm, but Catelyn saw her grab up a flag of, flagon of wine with her other hand, smash it full in his face, and <laughs> run for the door. Mm-hmm. It flew open before she reached it. Sir Ryman Frey pushed into the hall, clad in steel from helm to heel. What rhymed? A dozen Frey men-at-arms packed the door behind him. They were armed with heavy, long axes. Mercy! Caitlin cried. But horns and drums and the clash of steel smothered her plea. Sir Ryman buried the head of his axe in Daisy's stomach. <clears throat> so, Daisy running for the door. Is she wimping out and trying to get away? No way. Is she is she going for her sword? Yes. Is she going for help? Yeah, I think she's I had a lot of thoughts during this one. Everything yeah, well, else would lead me to believe that weapon. she's not that she's not taken off, right? That she's not trying to get away for her own safety. She's fought beside Rob for every single battle. I don't think she's fleeing out of fear or to try she's to going save for her Grey Wind. I think she's going for Grey Wind. I like going that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would think at least she sees death from on high in the form of all these corals right. flying about. So I've got to get, get out. Yeah. I'm going to do no good right. in the middle of all this. I'm in just going to end up with a crossbolt in my in back. Rob's dress. okay for now. Right. He's <laughs> under a table. The small John's got him. Yeah. Uh, no armor. Yeah. yeah, she's screwed. So she's going. Yeah. I think I'm, a, I'm with you guys. I think she's going for help of some kind. Grey Wind. I like that one. I didn't think of it. But she's she seen could, She'd Wind come back action. riding Grey Wind. She would. Axes yes. in both hands. She's a warrior, you know? She's like, she knows what morning, to do in this situation. Morning star. Like yeah. Morning star, so. yeah. Morning star and an axe. And another yeah. flagon, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pass that flagon on over to Great John Umber. He still has no idea what's going on, but he'll take a swig. What a way to go, an axe in your stomach. Yeah. Ugh. That's not a fast death, I imagine. So. Yeah. Indeed. So at this point, actually, uh, Matt's character is pretty much dead. Uh, my character is off page, and and so is Brooks. Um, but I, I will try to make 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 the ending quick here. So, by then, men were pouring in the other doors as well. Mailed men in shaggy fur cloaks with steel in their hands. Northmen, the cat thought. She took them for rescue for half a heartbeat. Till one of them struck the small John's head off with two huge blows of his axe. Hope blew out <sighs> like a candle in a storm. And the great John missed it. Right, he didn't even see his son. Uh, his son murdered. But at some point, uh, he does notice, because he, he fights off several men. And I imagine he said something like, You'll never take me alive, you bastards! But he should have been thinking about his other children, because the Great John does have other children. And, um, you know, maybe he should have been thinking of them. But uh, he does eventually get taken and probably says, Oh, you did take me alive. So... Uh, there was a dagger on the floor a few feet away. Perhaps it had skittered where 
there when the small john knocked the table off its trestles, or perhaps it had fallen from the hand of some dying man. Catelyn crawled toward it. Her limbs were leaden and taste of blood was in her mouth. I will kill Walder Flay, Frey, she told herself. Jingle Bell was closer to the knife hiding under the table, but he only cringed away as she snatched at the blade. I will kill the old man, she said. I can do that much at least. Rob struggled to his knees. He had an arrow in his side, a second in his leg, a third through his chest. Lord Walder raised a hand and the music stopped. All but one drum. Boom. 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 Ha! <laughs> Lord Walder cackled at Rob. The king in the north arises. Seems we killed some of your men, your grace. Oh, but I'll make you an apology. That will make them all again, eh? So Callan sees all this. She yells to Rob. Rob, get up. Get up and walk out, please. Please, save yourself, if not for me, for Jane. Jane? Rob grabbed the edge of the table and forced himself to stand. Mother, he said. Grey wind. Go to mm. him, that said. Now, Rob, walk out of here. Something to say about Grey Wind? Oh, just that interesting that uh, he's thinking of Grey Wind right now. Indeed. You thinking if Grey Wind were here, we wouldn't be in this? It's interesting to try to get into Rob's head right now. Yeah. Is he still just so shocked and wounded and almost dead that he doesn't really know what to think? Yeah. Uh, is he feeling regret? Um, seeing all his men die around him and knowing that his cause is lost, you know. Yeah, interesting. He never came it's... up as one of the POVs we'd like to get in inside of. I considered it, but broke you out of thought. DC was just too tantalizing. Yeah. So uh, at this point, Rosalind is wondering how Emir could be porking her while listening to the rains of Castormere coming through <laughs> the castle walls. <laughs> Nothing is striking him as suspicious about that. It's just going to town. Yep. Oh, guards at Poor the door. Rosalind. That's weird, right? No, nah, it doesn't matter. I got this, this pretty young thing to impregnate. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And there's that one drummer who's still drumming up in the thing. Is he just like... Is he doing it for effect, or did he? Is he just not paying attention? He was so just lost in his own thoughts. He was just hitting the drum. The music, doom. the music they've been playing all night made him actually oh, deaf, stop. and he did not hear Lord Boulder's request to stop. All right, continuing on. On my honor as a Tully, she told Lord Walder. On my honor as a Stark, I will trade your boy's life for Rob's, a son for a son. Her hand shook so badly she was wringing Jingle Bell's head. A man in dark armor and a pale pink cloak spotted with blood stepped up to Rob. Jamie Lannister sends his regards. He thrust his longsword through her son's heart and twisted. Catelyn tugged hard on Aegon's hair and sawed at his neck until the blade grated on bone. Blood ran hot over her fingers. His little bells were ringing, ringing, ringing. Mm. And the drum went boom. Doom. Boom. Catelyn Stark raised her hands and watched the blood run down her long fingers over her wrists beneath the sleeves of her gown. Slow red worms crawled along her arms and under her clothes. It tickles. That made her laugh until she screamed. Mad, someone said. She's lost her wits. And someone else said, make an end. Then the steel was at her throat, and its bite was red. 
and cold. I don't know how many times I've read that friggin' chapter, and it still just <laughs> bums me the freak out every single time. Yeah. Just kills me. And the great John has seen, now seen all this, been sobered, and has no idea what to do, right? His whole his whole cast of characters that he's become loyal to over these last this last year and a half mm-hmm. is gone. Including his son, who sees Lina with no head. He's enraged but subdued. What can he do? Yeah, there's really no like rallying from something like this. King's dead, son's dead, all friends dead, captured. How much of this do you think Great John saw? Uh, Well, it says he fought off uh, Mm -hmm. later. Merritt indicates that he fought off four men. Right. Uh, So I don't think he saw any of it, actually. Mm -hmm. I imagine they subdued him and brought him back into the chamber. And Mm -hmm. then he saw it after the fact. Maybe Conqueror or something. They definitely probably do that just to make it seem as hopeless as possible for him. Like, there's nothing for you to fight for now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So don't even try to escape or whatever. Well, probably it was also part of the plan to make sure everyone reported back on their on their requirements, right? Like, somebody has to subdue mm-hmm. the Great John, come back and show that you've done that. So they probably were sure. supposed to come back and show Walder, I imagine. Hmm. They didn't just radio in on their headsets? They could have. Yeah, <laughs> is the Great John secure? Walder is, Walder's <laughs> just not great with technology, so he likes the, the in-person reports. Yeah. All right, so... Gotcha. Uh, all right, yeah. Quizapalooza? Okay. Well, we're into the latter half of the podcast now. We're in the final the Latter third, yeah. Because I think all everything was the first third, and then that alone was the second third. Yeah. So uh, we've got four POVs that we're going to go through on this one. We're going to start with Catelyn. Words will cut you like Valyrian steel through a hand. She can't love Jon Snow, and she's sure to let you know where she stands. A devoted mother who married the brother of a dead fiancé. She's vengeful and hateful, loving and faithful. She's Catelyn, Catelyn Stark. And that's by me. So, question number one of Catelyn, get your heads out of the Red Wedding. Uh, although, no, we're still going to be there a little bit. Oh, great. <laughs> so the nickname of the man Catelyn kills during the Red Wedding is Jingle Bell. What is his real first name? Aegon. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, this is more like Frey questions. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> As of the end of A Storm of Swords, who is the current heir to the twins? Is it Ryman Frey, A, Ryman Frey, D, Lothar, C. Stevron or D. Edwin? A. Oh, I think it's A. It is A. It's Ryman. I'm giving Brooke and I both a point. I'll give you both points, yeah. All right. Nice. How long after her death, this is not multiple choice, how long after her death is Catelyn's body pulled from the river by Nymeria? How long after her death? Oh, three, three days? She was, she was dead two days out of the river. Before you talk yourself out of it, you're right. It's three days. Oh, great. Very good. <laughs> good job. 
<laughs> nice. Uh, from which house is Catelyn's mother? Is it Malister, Bracken, Went, or Blackwood? I have no idea. Read them again. Uh, Malister, Bracken, Went, Blackwood. D. I'm, I'm going with Blackwood. I'm going with Bracken. It's Went. Oh, huh. Point for Matt. Point for Matt. Uh, those are my four Catelyn questions. Good question. Oh, I don't think that's ever come up. Why, I, had, I had a what? tough time going through Catelyn's. I just could not think up questions. And that was like that was like the last question I came up with, period, for the whole well, thing. Was <laughs> that last Catelyn question. So. Well, are you guys ready for some John questions then? Certainly. Where we're going up north where the winter's cold And the icicles bloom like the bluest rose We haven't met his mom, but we love his wolf He's John Snow Oh boy, Brooks man <laughs> First question is multiple choice What rumor about the Night's Watch does Tormund Giant's Bane ask John to confirm? A... That there are secret passages under each of the castles. B, that shamed black brothers have to wear all white. C, that the brothers are castrated when they take their oaths. Or D, that they must renounce religious uh, religion along with their lands and freedoms when they join. C. C. Got it. C. Who, who? I they just cut your dicks off when you join the Black Watch. Is basically what he said. Totally a torment thing. He's not going to ask questions about religion. Uh, <laughs> I heard me first, but who did you hear, Brooke? Uh, you, Scott. Oh, this is bull. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question is a shout it out. While defending the wall, Donald Noyes slays Mag the Mighty by putting a sword through Mag's throat. How does Mag kill Donald? Crushes him. Just crushes his spine. Squeezes his neck. Yeah, no, I got it. Breaks his spine. Good call. Okay, another shout it out. Jon Snow observes that Stannis dresses humbly like a man of the watch might, except for one exception. What is that exception? And please describe it. His crown. It's got uh, red jewels and it's got like little points that are like flames. That is incorrect. Scad, you want to try? Uh... The it's it's a is is it a, a red cape? Oh, you're so close! It's it is a cloak, oh, cloak. but it's yeah. a heavy golden cloak oh, trimmed golden. in black fur, oh, fastened with a gold flaming heart brooch. So, Matt, I I would say that you're you're partly right, but not many men of the Night's Watch wear a crown like Pip sometimes. But yeah. no, nope, but in this particular description, it was yep. the heavy golden cloak. Okay. Very good. Last question. It's another shout it out. Sam is the one who conspires to get John into the running for Lord Commander, but which brother actually nominated John? Oh, uh, uh, Ed. Dolores Ed. Ah, I, I heard Scad first on that one. Oh my gosh. But, but Matt, I would say you both get it because you were like going to say Ed. You were like, ah, uh, Ed. You had it. You <sighs> just weren't articulated. You want us to both have half. See, Seriously, in my ears, I'm hearing it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm giving us so both angry. a half. So angry. I'm this like scat at the last. This, yeah. I think it was the first one. Yeah, that's how I felt. Okay. Well, that's it for questions for John. 
All right, I'm up with Tyrion. Cripples and bastards and broken things, but the power of the mind can give you wings. Drinking and japing and yeah, ladies. Tyrion Lannister or Imp, if you please. Name the singer that threatens Tyrion and is killed for it. A uh, Marlion. Mar- Marlin? No. Uh, oh. oh, it starts with an S. Yeah. Uh, Simon Silvertongue. Is... Simeon Silvertongue. Simon. Simon. Yeah. Simon. S Y M O N. Lots of conniving birds. Singers, yeah. What animal would the Red Viper prefer to face a horde of rather than face the naked Queen Regent? Spiders. Scorpions, guys. <sighs> we were on the same the right track. <laughs> Creepy crawlies. Although probably the answer would have been any of the above. <laughs> if you had asked sure. him. Well. Uh okay. Um on what day is Joff married to Marjorie? The first day of the year. So, like, the first day of the new year of AD 300, not AD. Uh, uh, you got I'll give it to AC. you. AC. Good enough. First day of AC 300. Yes. Yeah, Aegon's Conquest. The seventh day of the seventh month of the <laughs> <an> hour. <clears throat> AD. <laughs> AD. <laughs> How did Oberyn gain his first advantage in his duel? Uh, it was the 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 sunlight thing. Yep. Where he reflected the sunlight into the eyes of Gregor. Oh, was there sure. something before that? Nope. I, uh, his first advantage was well, like I guess it's hard to interpret this. Maybe it's just his armor. His first advantage was just being Ober and Martell. Yeah. It, it was, Ober I was and... well. I was going for the sunlight thing. Um, I mean, you could you could argue he had some advantages set up before the fight, being quicker, True. having a long uh, having a long spear. Uh, I could do a different question if you guys would like. No, it's fine. No, I got the point. I want to keep that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I'll get two more. Um, Okay, so who said, when the sun is set, no candle can replace it, when prompted to answer why he joined the Kingsguard? Loras. It is Loras. Nice. Good girl. (laughs) Thanks. One more. What other weapons does Tyrion consider before deciding on the crossbow? Uh, a mace and... Just his wits. A spear? A mace and a poleaxe. Ah, I knew it was something mm. long. Dang it. Mm. Yeah, you did. Yeah, baby. <laughs> can, I get a, can, I get a, can I get a halfer for the mace one? <laughs> sure, I'll give you a halfer. I'll give you a halves. <laughs> Chug of a point. <laughs> I gave myself a halvesy as well to round the full point. All right. Uh... Let's give ourselves halvesies. Yes. That could equal. Uh... <laughs> Watch. Thank God. So many all around, Bert. How are you doing? All right. All right that's it. Great. <laughs> Uh, so fitting that our last, well, full POV or kind of standard POV, non-merit, uh, it was Sansa, and that's the last set of questions we have. So you have four more chances, everybody listening and my fellow fingers. Where is the last place? This is um, multiple choice. Where is the last place we see Sansa's hairnet? A, in her pocket in the Godswood at King's Landing. B, at the Red Wedding when she's wearing it. C, when she shows it to Littlefinger at the Eyrie. Or D, when she throws it overboard during her escape from King's Landing. 
A. 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 I heard Brooke first. Nice. Good Were job. you trying to like old lady on Titanic? That whole thing. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> it just floats to the bottom. A little giggle that drives everyone in the theater absolutely crazy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I've heard someone call that old woman a dumb bitch, <laughs> which is uncalled for. Jeez. But to the nth degree. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so we've already talked about this one, meaning that you probably already know the answer. But go ahead and just shout it out. What is the sigil of House Baelish? Mockingbird. Uh, no, it's a it's a Titan with flaming eyes. Titan's head. It's eyes. a stone head of the Titan of Bravo. No, he changed it. He changed his personal sigil, like we've talked about, like with Loris and Garland. He has a personal sigil of a Mockingbird. But the sigil of House Baelish is the Titan. Of I challenge that on authority of a, uh, a World of Ice and Fire, which has uh, the Mockingbird sigil. But go ahead. <laughs> Who is the first person Sansa? This is multiple choice. First person dance Sansa. I almost called her Dansa. Sansa dances with at her wedding feast. Uh, a Joffrey. B Tyrion. C, Garland, or D, Kevin Lannister? C. It was Garland. It's our boy. Nice. This is an easy one, too. Who, you guys. Love who, you, did, who did you, you hear? You love yourself some Garland. I had to get my Garland in there. Who did you hear? Um, It was the same. We can both have a point. Havsies. We're doing Havsies, <laughs> Brooke. You're having a Havsie. Now you get a Havsie, Brookie. You get a Havsie. I can hardly sit comfortably in my chair with this Havsie. You need a moment? You need more practice. <laughs> You go take a cold shower. Moment's over. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we'll just shout this one out too. Screw the multiple choice. Where does the name Elaine come from? Uh, oh, it's Peter's uh, mother's Peter's, name. yeah. Yeah, Scott got it. Peter's mother. I knew what it was. I just didn't answer fast enough, which I call a mat. That would be a mat. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I hate this stupid quiz. Well, the good news for you is it's over. Yep. Yeah, that's the last of the questions, right? Thanks for playing I think I came in third. with us, guys. Was someone keeping track of the final score? Yeah. I kind of stopped because I got so frustrated. Do you, do you want it? <laughs> I have a bunch of halvesies, yeah. so i got to add them up real quick. Hold yeah, on. go for okay. it. I, I think it was probably you and first Scad, then Brooke, then me. Mm. <clears throat> <laughs> Thanks, but no. <laughs> it was probably scared you me. No, I think Matt has it right. I know I was behind when I stopped t- keeping score. <laughs> Scad with 18 and a half, Brooke with 16, and Matt with 14 and a half. Whoa. Huh. Nice. You two kept it close. We all kept it close. <clears throat> Damn, guys. Good job. <clears throat> That's how we do in this podcast. <laughs> one Kalasar, one nation. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, good job. Let us know how you guys did. We, like we mentioned before, uh, our listeners probably are screaming the correct answers at us. Yeah, they hate us. That's okay. That's okay. We never claim to be experts. Obviously, Scat and Brooke are, but that's okay. <laughs> we never claim to be. So leave us alone. Leave me alone. Shirks. <laughs> let's do our final round of top fives, and then let's get the freak off this podcast. <laughs> our listeners did so- long ago. Yeah, it's just us talking to ourselves at this point. (laughs) 
It's too bad because we're going to miss the slapbacks, which is maybe going to be the best part of the the podcast. Slapbacks. Top five put-down slash slapbacks slash retorts submitted by one of our favorite blood riders, Misa. Um, And I'm first on that one. Let me get to it real quick. I had fun with this one. So, one, digging into the A Dance with Dragons, uh, Casporio, one of the second sons, making fun of Tyrion and stuff, the whole penny thing and stuff, and he asks Tyrion, will you want a pig to ride as well? To which Tyrion replies, well, I did not know your wife was in the company. So kind of you to offer her. I would prefer a horse. Tyrion! <laughs> oh, wow. that's great i forgot wife that slash mama joke uh something like that gotta have him in there um number four my my man courtney ck penrose uh <laughs> he said so many right and it was hard to pick just one but i will go with this one giard morgan says be glad this is a parlay penrose or i would have your tongue for those words to which Penrose replies, and cast it in the same fire where you left your manhood. Oh, <laughs> you got a wife joke and a wig. <laughs> oh, Stan- uh, this one's classic. Renly talking to Stannis about Marjorie. Renly says, You'll be pleased to know she came to me a maid. Stannis' reply, In your bed, she's like to die that way. <laughs> Stannis! <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, Stan. <laughs> oh, and it was uh, this one I like wrote down in my journal after I read it the first time because I was so proud of Germ for this one. Whoa, Jamie. Whoa, 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 whoa. You keep a journal? No, I don't. That oh. was a joke. Uh, well, not about this. Yeah, okay. And Jamie, he's going to settle all that stuff in the riverlands right there's all those problems going on he goes lift the siege at river run there's problems with the brackens and the blackwoods fighting and everything jamie comes and he arrives and he goes right into lord bracken's bedroom where lord bracken is in bed with a woman who is not his wife lord bracken all surprised and everything says you took me unawares my lord i was not told of your coming and Jamie says, and I seem to have prevented yours. <laughs> High five, Jamie. Jamie! Bracken needs to Jamie. work on his concentration. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then, so, we had all those, um, those ones. And my number one is a little bit more somber, but it's so classic I had to put it at number one. Tower of Joy, Arthur Dane. And now it begins. And Ned says, no, now it ends. Nice. Oh. Classy. I wonder how many of Ned's friends were like, Ned's a really great guy. I just wish he had any sense of humor. <laughs> just yeah. just an inkling of a sense of humor. Yes. Any you guys think all. we should invite Ned to go with us tonight? Uh, the bar? Ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> 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 Maybe he'll DD for us. You know, yeah. I think he's busy tonight. I think he's got something. We we shouldn't. <laughs> uh, Scad, what were your slapbacks, put-downs, and retorts? All right, I got all of these from A Storm of Swords. Um, all of them, I think, from different characters. So um, let's go with, first, uh, cock-blocking Arya. Uh, when she and <laughs> Gendry are in the village where uh, Gendry nearly sleeps with his stepsister... 
uh, Bella says, Don't he like girls? And Arya says, He's just stupid. He likes to polish helmets and beat on swords with hammers. <laughs> which, which causes Bella to say, Oh. And walk away. And I, I don't know whether I'm just reading into it, but I got the distinct impression that she thought that meant that Gendry was gay and not interested. Gay. <laughs> he likes to polish helmets and beat on swords. Um, good job, Arya. That's what I'm going to use from now on. <laughs> oh, that guy's cute. Oh, no, Karen. He likes to, to polish helmets. Polish he's helmets. a helmet polisher. Yeah, he's a helmet polisher. <laughs> he's been beating the sword for a long time now. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, next, uh, Jora, uh, in an exchange with Arston, which uh, we noted several times. Uh, I think Brooke was the champion of this, that... Arston was just very petty with Jorah, and they kind of had a very just kind of back and forth relationship. Well, here's a kind of a petty one. They're talking about Rhaegar and how prolific a warrior he was or wasn't, and Jorah says swords win battles. Arston argues, and he's talking about all the different things that can cause a battle to to change favor, and he says a change in the wind may bring the gift of victory, or a lady's favor knotted round an arm. As we know, Jorah won his tourney with a oh. favor knotted round his arm, Dig. and never did any any sort of good in any tourney thereafter, or previous. Barristan, little... you bitch. Uh, Dig. You little bastard. Uh, okay, next is, uh, this is Olena, one of the best uh, at digs. Mm-hmm. So, she, so, this is Lady Allery, who is uh, Mace Tyrell's wife. She just says simply, Mother, trying to keep her in line from doing all the crappy talk she's already doing. Mm-hmm. And Olena simply says to her, Don't take that tone with me. And don't call me Mother. If I'd given birth to you, I'm sure I'd remember. I'm only to blame for your husband, the Lord Oaf of Highgarden. <laughs> uh, next one is uh, Jon Snow. You guys probably remember this one. Stannis asks him, why do you think I abandoned the Dragonstone and sailed to the Wall, Lord Snow? Jon Snow simply says, I am no lord, sire. You came because we sent for you, I hope. Though I could not see why you <laughs> took so long about it. And that's oh, when Stannis God. went in for the open mouth kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, again involving Stannis. The Juice Brothers. Uh, which I think is the best one because it is uh, both a slapback and... Uh, really gets the jo- gets the job done by getting him to change his mind or or really consider something. Sanus to Davos. It is every man's duty to remain loyal to his rightful king, even if the lord he serves proves false. And Davos replies, "As you remained loyal to King Ares when your brother raised his banners." Snap. Wah, wah. <laughs> Honesty, the honest slapback gets top gets top marks for me. Got you there. <clears throat> so that's it, Brooke. Brookie. Yeah, mine are more a little more put downy than slapbacky. I had trouble identifying slapbacks, but so many put downs to choose from. <laughs> Love it. So this first one is from Tyrion to John, way back in Game of Thrones. <clears throat> Those are your new brothers, Jon Snow. How do you like them? Sullen peasants, debtors, poachers, rapers, thieves, and bastards. Like you all wind up on the wall watching for grumpin- grumpkins and snarks. 
and all of the other monsters your wet nurse warned you about. The good part is there are no grumpkins or snarks, so it's scarcely dangerous work. The bad (laughs) part is you freeze your balls off, but since you're not allowed to breed anyway, I don't suppose that matters. Hey, Tyrion. Hey. Tyrion heard the same rumors that uh, Tormund Giantspade did. Yeah. Tyrion 1, Night's Watch 0. It's a big jar of balls up there, right? You don't need them? Uh, Walder Frey to Catelyn. Do you think I can't tell Lord Stannis from Lord Tywin? They're both bungholes who think they're too noble (laughs) to shit. But never mind about that. I know the difference. (laughs) Thank you, Lord Walder. Hilarious. And foreshadowing, too. Yeah. I have more with butts and, and poop in them. Okay, ready? Please, carry Court, on. Courtney Penrose to Melisandre. Yeah. May the others bugger your lord of light, Penrose spat back, and wipe his arse with that rag you bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so mean. Jamie to Brienne. Mostly cruel, but this one got a chuckle out of me. If Bolton meant to kill us, he wouldn't be wasting his precious prunes on us. At such peril to his bowels. There he Ooh. is. Ooh. Oh, Cutting one, Jamie. Jamie. Cutting Jamie. And uh, the best one, I think, uh, number one, Circe to Sansa, re Stannis. Were it anyone else outside the gates, I might hope to beguile him, but this is Stannis Baratheon. Baratheon. I'd have a better chance of seducing his horse. <laughs> Your love for Stannis is strong. Oh. We all know it. Yeah. We know the you love, love him. for Stannis. I can't wait until That's he it. makes it to your top five smexy bangerang honeys. <laughs> uh, I know Stannis is on your list. I can't wait. No brawn quotes from any of us. No. I'm really disappointed in myself now. And you guys too, frankly. <laughs> uh, but uh, as Scad mentioned, our final top five list of the night submitted by our friend, our blood rider, sun and stars, Hannah, top five smexy bangerang honeys. I don't know if that's how she put it, but it is how Brooke put it, and that's what matters. I don't believe that was me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what smexy means. I'm not hip. I'm not with it. And I was, I, I, I was afraid to Google it. Uh, <laughs> so I just assumed that the M was a typo. Just Google it at work. No. Uh, Brooke, Brooke did, did Brooke did do Smexy. I think I did the bangerang. <laughs> um, so top five, hottest in the office. Uh, Scott, who do you got? Hottest in the office? I was just I've um, been watching the office oh, lately. All right. <laughs> all right. So number five. It's Jim then. Dorea. She was a uh, handmaiden, handpicked uh, to teach Danny in the arts of love. Uh, I don't know, she sounded hot, experienced, and uh, I don't know, she might be diseased, I guess. But hot and experienced, we'll go with Dorea. She's diseased. She's passed around a lot. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, boy. Okay. Val. (coughs) Excuse me. Val, Val. she just sounds traditionally hot, uh, and I can be a victim of this. I'm I'm, I'm a man. I'm a victim of traditionally hot, and she sounds like it. Lyanna Stark, I like her sass, man. She's a strong yeah. woman. She doesn't put up with shit. You pick on her friends, she sticks up for them. 
good on a horse. She's just tomboy a little bit. You know, sounds like she might be, you know, into sports or something. I, I sounds sounds cool. Lana She's like Sporty Spice. Sporty Spice. Sporty Spice, yeah. maybe. Uh, <laughs> Triple B. He's a muscly, mountainous, masterpiece, massive a man. And uh, yep. now, you know, this is in his prime Triple B. And he was just a grisly piece of yummy flesh. So we'll go with him. Oof. No? Right. Too much for you? Oh, yeah. Oh. No way. All so right. great. Uh, Go for it. No, I I did actually. I spent more time than I'd like to admit, like reading the descriptions of many of the women of Westeros, just to like try to be able to defend these points. And as I went through like every woman in the series, Arianne Martell sounded the most beautiful. Mm-hmm. Plus, she seemed kind of cool. She wasn't always all that when she was younger. Like you know, she didn't have she didn't have everything going for her when she was younger on the look side of things. And uh, she sounds like she came out of that well. Plus, she seems down she to clown came into her and fun. Own in high school. Yeah, yeah, right. She seems down to clown and fun as well. Like she's 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 into it, right? You hear the the chapters with Eris, uh, and she seems she seems fun. We'll just leave it at that. She got a king's guard to break his vows. Yes. Well, that's not that hard. <laughs> she's not the first. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Breaking their vows every friggin' second. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. So that's my list. Love it. Nice. Great list. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like we've had this conversation before, but I'm going to stand by the fact that there are characters in the books who are just, like, objectively hot. Like, we have been told by other characters that these characters are hot, like Danny and Cersei and Marjorie and Sansa and Melisandre, Loras, Rob, John. I eliminated anyone from my discussion that was underage just because I was uncomfortable writing <laughs> yeah, it down. Yeah, that's how Marjorie committing, didn't make my list. Yeah, committing my yeah. voice to it in a podcast that everyone will listen to. <laughs> I was just not willing to do it, so I omitted but, anyone but, that was too young. But that's fine. Like, like there, there's a difference between finding someone attractive and acknowledging that characters are described as hot in sure, the books, right? Sure. Yep. So I'm going with characters who i find attractive even though i've never actually seen them i feel like um like it's almost like if we were like online dating so i'm mm. not sure if there's a real spark there because we haven't met in real life but i enjoy them so far and could possibly find them smexy so number one is asha Greyjoy. Mm. Mm-hmm. getting shit done yep. number two brendan tully oh beefish so badass <laughs> Though possibly a helmet polisher, like <laughs> possibly polishing helmets. That's about so, the same thing. But that does not eliminate my attraction to him. Um, uh, Mira Reed, who I double checked, not underage technically, <laughs> but, <laughs> what? <laughs> but still far too young for me. There's no technicality about any of. What do you mean? Well, there's there's laws in place in our universe, but uh, in your Mira, universe, maybe. Mira Reed, I really just I think that she's um super she's cool. kind of an Asha Greyjoy, yeah, yeah, super cool, capable, yeah, kind of kind of gal I'd like to hang out with. Um, uh, number four, Willis Tyrell for for reasons we've already discussed. Obviously, yeah, got everything going for him and. Couldn't we know he's spoken for already. already. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, number one, Mance Raider. Mance Raider, huh? Yeah. Ooh, I'm, in, I'm into a guy who can rally 
an entire like continent of technically half an island of of people to bang themselves against a 700 foot wall. Ooh. All right. So, so, so if you're courting sure. Brooke, you know what you have to do. Raise an entire continent to war. <laughs> yeah, Brooke has standards. <laughs> the, bar, the bar is really low. Really, it's only, Don't lower it, your bar, It's Brooke. only half a continent, not a whole one. But we're talking hundreds of thousands. There's, I just, I like his work ethic. Keep that in mind. Hmm. He's tireless. And that he doesn't take himself too seriously. He, I just, yeah, I find him very attractive as a character. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I kind of did just go with top five smexy bangerang honeys. <laughs> as shallow that's, as it comes. You, you and me, Matt. Unless, keeping it shallow. That's fine. That's fine. Too. So with me, I'm always kind of turned on by a woman who I know could could beat me up. You know, <laughs> like if you know my wife, she's smaller than me significantly but she could beat the crap out of me if she needed to uh and that kind of turns me on a little bit <laughs> so that, number that five he's been upgraded to full let me give you an extra point over here <laughs> uh arianne martell like scott um just that she seems like all the things scad said just kind of sultry and sly and everything and that sounds crazy not for a long-term relationship, but... Let me just assure you right now, as good as she sounds, she is high maintenance. You yeah. do not want to mean. deal with this girl. Yeah, she'd be... She'd, She's yeah, a goddamn princess! What do you expect? Yeah, she wouldn't be long-term. Great. Number four, Asha Greyjoy, as has been mentioned. Mm. Oh my gosh, her description is just long-legged she's got kind of this short spiky hair i imagine she's got the the full arm tats and stuff mm, that i really nice. like i just she just sounds i know way you're picturing you you actually do yes I... which may or not be who i picture when i'm reading the books Ooh. Yeah, that's great joy Ooh. I don't think comic should... book girl no. 19 yep we just said it yeah <laughs> you know who that is you will google it after we finish comic yeah. girl 19 yeah, face is a little different though. Comic book I've got. girl, okay. yeah. she does she does uh, YouTube video reviews of comic books and movies and stuff. Right, number three is Val, also spoken of already. Uh, strong, wildling woman who seems very hot and could beat the crap out of me. Number two, Tyene Sand. She's the one that's like really <laughs> sly with poisons and stuff like that. <laughs> and I find that kind of sexy. Why does you got an interesting danger fetish, Matt? <laughs> right, right. Everyone's got to like pose some risk. Living to on you. the edge. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of hot to me. Um, you guys are learning so much about me. Tonight. I imagine like your wife comes home with like poison ivy. You're like, ooh, all right. Add in some, adding some risk. Yeah. Uh, number one, Garland Tyrell. Mmm. Hot as can be. They say he's like Morris, so but he's polite. more fit. He's got like these big, thick shoulders and stuff. You know, when he mm. practices in the yard, he's always the taking beard. Home, like, three or four guys. And like you said, so polite. I mm-hmm. so beardy. I'd, I'd switch sides like for Garland. <laughs> to each his own, but he's no Robert Baratheon. 
I'd, I'd bat left-handed for Garland Tyrell. <laughs> You'd polish helmets. I'd shoot righty. Yep. Beat his sword. Wow. All right. All right. That's my top five. I think Good that's set. it, isn't it? That's it. Wow. <laughs> Three hours and nine minutes. Uh, I guess that includes our banter at the beginning. But uh, closing remarks. So what did you guys think of uh, Storm of Swords? What did you think of season three of Davos Fingers? Stuff you're looking forward to. Closing thoughts from us. Shout them. Yeah, I feel like uh, I've said before, this is my favorite book. It's sort of like the peak of the series so far. Like, mm. and, and it's probably the best paced book. So I really enjoyed it for that. Like, we're, we're about to enter the realm of a very different pace, I guess. Right. Well, the so, war's coming to an end, right? Yeah, the war the we, yeah we make fun of Gurm <laughs> for phoning it in by wrapping up these plot points so quickly at the end, but it does make for a good read. It's exciting reading. Mm. We're about to slow it down a little bit and then read the same thing over again, but from different perspectives. So <laughs> it's a good thing we're doing them both at once. Yeah. Uh, ASOS, I think it's, it's my third favorite, actually, of the three we've read. Um I liked it still. Uh, I, I think I've said in, in both the previous wrap-ups, both of the previous books became my favorite book after we did the analysis on them. Um, this one, I don't know, it held up less somehow. I don't, I don't know why that is. Um, I still think I like A Cock best than Game of Thrones than this one. Um, still a good book. I still, I agree with Brooks' point on the pacing, though. After this, it does, it does change a little bit, it feels like. But uh, Arya's Riverland stuff, I don't remember it. It, it, felt, it felt slow to me this time. You know, and and a little bit less impactful than some of the Riverland stuff she had in in A Clash of Kings. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I, I liked it, but but it's it's probably third so far for me. Hmm. I I don't know which one is my favorite anymore. I have so many parts that I like in all the books, that but I, I liked it. Um, I I liked. Uh, just you know, we're into our second year of doing this podcast. Fifty episodes. And uh, I really feel like we hit a good stride with um, with just the three of us this season. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's always been a lot of fun, but uh, I just feel that that comfort level and that chemistry it, it seems to grow more and more with each episode. It's like almost like you get into a nice routine, and it, it did start to feel a little routine, but not in a bad way. Like it still mm-hmm. is exciting while still feeling like I'm in, like we're in the groove kind of. So. I was really pleased with that and also really pleased with uh, the the feedback that we're starting to get from people who are listening and our friends and everything. Uh, we've had some great discussions this year, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, highlighted by what was the uh, – with um, Song of Madness, right? Mm. The March Madness tournament, yep. which was a lot of fun. Was that, that was this book that we did it, right? We were reading yep. Storm of Swords. Yep. Yeah. It was this quote-unquote season. Yeah, I agree with you on the, the season of Davos Fingers. Uh, it's been a great a great season for us. Had a lot of fun. This was the season where we switched to uh, episodes every three weeks, which I know mm-hmm. some people hate it, but for us guys, I think it's a huge difference. Like, we can approach these things with so much more thought um, than when we're rushing through it in two weeks. And um, I don't know whether it's noticeable to you guys or not, but it is to us uh, for sure. Um but yeah, I, I, this was probably my favorite season uh, of Davos Fingers. Just growing the relationship, like you said, with you guys. and um, It was awesome. 
Yeah, I did. I did have. Uh, I did do one one thing. I was listening back to a few episodes just as I was preparing this week, and uh, I was just during one episode. I came up with uh, my favorite things uh, that each of us said, and uh, Matt's <laughs> Matt's was. Can we talk more about bosoms? Let's have a bosom count. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. My own was. You're stabbing me in a bunch of places, but not the one that matters. <laughs> that was in response to Danny being stabbed by Jorah's armor when he kissed her. <laughs> nice. Pretty nice. Good. And Brooks, in respect to the Willis-Sansa relationship. You basically just have to order servants around and throw balls. Sounds great. <laughs> uh, those are good ones. I'm glad the you could. The one-liners, the zingers that come out of this thing. Yeah. So good. So good. So, uh, Brooke, what are you going to do with your time off? I've got a couple episodes that I still need to get up on YouTube. Listeners, if you're anxious to Whoopsies. maybe have the podcast on YouTube, that's on me. Um, I've got to look. We go through periods of being really excited about getting them on YouTube. And, well, and we kind of <laughs> maybe we're doing something let's wrong, but it's a tremendous it's, amount of work, right? So it's. Yeah, it's it's more work than it should be, but I think YouTube prefers video on their platform, yeah. not not. Anyways, that's fine. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have them all on there, and we'll get a little more exposure, and it'll be good. Yeah. So yeah, we've got like until after the holidays. So I might read some other books, maybe. Oh, don't crazy, get crazy now. Crazy idea. We go skiing and work on my side hustles, which is a lot of freelance graphic design work. Nothing exciting, don't worry, but it uh, helps pay the bills. I do um, picture framing at home, so I might be looking into not doing that in my condo anymore because it's getting out of control and find a studio. And um, keep a lookout. I know that this... <laughs> This podcast is already niche, but I'm going to see if there's even a nichier niche within our niche. I'm going to start a video series on terrarium management and reptile keeping. So What? Wow. Yeah. It's the first time hearing about this. That's awesome. Yeah, I did Big not know podcast. this. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys know I have snakes. Yes. Yes. I didn't know you were yes. starting a video series on it. Yeah. Just um, I've learned so much as a a pet servant from YouTube videos that I, I want to kind of give back and, and, and say some things that I found that are missing that I've learned over the years. And yeah, it's just, um, I think that this podcast has really like given me the tools and the confidence to do something like that. And confidence I would invite you, big thing. Yeah, I yeah. invite you guys along, but I don't believe you would want to participate. I will support you <laughs> fully. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm you don't have to watch. I'm with you him. You do not have to watch. I will. I will say I watched it mm -hmm. for you. But uh, I might tweet about it once, and then I will shut those tweets down because oh, we're we're people that like the people the get incredibly rude and insensitive when I bring up my beloved pets. So. Mm. Yeah, but uh, not to get serious for a moment because I know you're kidding, but. Uh, you mentioned the the niche audience we had, and it is. But you know, we love our our blood riders, and it, but it is niche. But the, if you find an an audience, there there are people out there that mm -hmm. want to know. Like I said earlier about the internet, there is there is an audience out there for just about everything. For I think everything. That, that yeah. podcast is this podcast has taught me that. I mean, 
we've said it a million times. We didn't expect anybody to listen to this thing, and um, it's it's still amazing to me to, to look at the numbers sometimes up or upwards of three hundred and thirty thousand listens now, um, which is just crazy to us. But yeah, I mean, dude. Don't don't downgrade it. You will find an audience. Um, just a matter of... And we will help you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, actually, the reptile community is pretty alive and active online, so I'm not I'm not worried about that necessarily. But um, I'm I'm worried about the Venn diagram of people who listen to this podcast <laughs> and people who might be interested in my reptile vlog. Well, We're forcing it on them. I, I'm I'm in search of a similar Venn diagram. Uh, I think I've brought up here before. I'm fruitlessly been working on a on a novel and uh more than a novel I'm, I'm hoping to combine kind of the podcasting experience with what i'm writing to be kind of like a performance thing with the acting background but i've yet to really crystallize it so if i can make a bunch of headway i might do a little test chapter uh release while we're away just to kind of see how it goes and uh i would be yeah definitely promoting that on, uh, through through this audience a little bit so nice. i'll be spending a bunch of time writing and trying to get that going I'll also be doing a bunch of reading, uh, the best book ever, um, Name of the Wind. Uh, I'll be finishing that probably tomorrow, and then moving on to other things to read. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, spending a bunch of time writing uh, this zombie adventure that I've got up my sleeve. I'm so excited. Don't be. I'm gonna let you down. I'm excited <laughs> as long as I still get to be the crazy religious fanatic guy. <laughs> loosely based as long on as that's loosely, still based, loosely on me. based on that yeah <laughs> yeah are you doing anything else again <laughs> writing my first novel isn't enough uh no uh you no. gotta relax sometime hoping hoping i can knock off obesity is that too much to ask of myself probably but uh am going to try that. Nice. Well, you've got three months, and then... Uh, and then I can get back to my slovenly ways. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's all you need. Let's see. Uh, I am going to attempt to record an essay, which sounds horrifying to me, actually. <laughs> the idea of reading something I wrote and then having someone listen to that just doesn't sound scary. If it makes you feel any better, they'll be listening for a lot less time than they listen to this episode. Probably. I'm going to be writing a lot of music. I got some I got some jingles to write, man. Twelve? Yeah. I haven't written Ooh. any of them yet. I've actually got music for two of them. Ooh, I've got nice. music for Cersei's and I think Brienne's. No, you have lyrics for Cersei's too. I sent you a bunch. Check That's right. Yep, I do have those. Uh, but I'll be working on those and hopefully writing some other music too. Get back to that a little bit. Uh, cool. I did confidence during the last out of our shells, all of us, and <laughs> it was very rewarding. Uh, as far as the media I will be consuming, I am six books in to the Star Wars new canon uh, since July of this year. <laughs> so Whoa. Devouring them. They're not big reads and they're also not heavy reads either. So you can get through them pretty quickly. Um, I'm reading this. I'm on, yeah, the sixth one I've read since July. And uh, so I'll be finishing that, that up probably. And let's see, what am I watching on TV right now? I started watching Luke Cage. It was pretty fun. Oh, I still watching... haven't started it yet. It was pretty fun. I think you'll yeah? like it. Yeah. Mm. That's not a glowing review. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then just hanging out with my kids. 
I like them a lot. So they seem a plus. They are fun children. <laughs> They're starting to get into their little activities that they do. My one son ta- does taekwondo. Uh, the one who talked about the clowns that I mm. tweeted out and yes. that everyone seemed to like. Um, Lily does gymnastics, and uh, and she's really into music. She wants to learn how to play guitar as soon as possible. Told her she has to learn piano first. And then Hiram is obsessed with uh, Ghostbusters and hockey. So it's just fun to help them just like – help them find what they like and then encourage them along that and kind of learn about things with them and stuff. And I'm learning Taekwondo kind of just being there watching Jack and then practicing with them at home. That's incredibly rewarding to me to do stuff like nice. that. So to beat up your kid. Spend more time on that. Yeah. It's nice to like just kick him around and say that we're practicing. <laughs> for I think I'm going to put my kids into the martial arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So when but you high kick them to the it's head, incredibly rewarding it's practice, not abuse. Sprawling across the room. <laughs> you guys, I think I think we're a little knackered. Uh, we just made a child abuse joke three minutes, three hours and twenty two minutes into the podcast. That's got to be a record. Don't beat up my Usually kids. Much sooner. You let yeah. somebody else do that. Because yeah. your, your wife's That's stronger it. than you are. Uh, yes, but uh, you know we're going to be. Uh, we'll probably miss doing the podcast one month into our break. But, yes, uh, I think it'll be good for all of us. It sounds like we've all got things lined up, and we'll come up re-energized and come uh, back uh, ready to roll. I'll miss you guys like immediately. Uh, I mean, I don't know if the the listeners know this. Like we, I, I feel very close to you guys as friends, but we still only really get together and talk when we podcast. Mm. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss you guys like crazy. So. Scott and I work 20 feet away from each other, and we still get yeah. together and talk. Yeah, almost never. Yeah. Uh, if I was in that office, it would be eight hours of chats a day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The Skype would be blowing up. Oh, well, we Skype quite a bit. Yes. All right. We don't Skype tell me more that. than we don't, talk in uh, person. Don't, uh, if you're going to leave me out, don't tell me about it. <laughs> we chat with you, no problem. Mm-hmm. If you'd let us, you told us you're to like leave you out of it. Like Contract hours, uh, yeah. You like all, you have got like integrity yeah. and stuff. It's yeah, so. yeah. When you get, when you are contracted to be paid by the hour, you can't actually spend half of each of those hours <laughs> talking about Garland Tyrell with, yeah. with people in the United States. Of <laughs> All right. Well, Scott and I get paid by the year, not by the hour. So yeah. <laughs> uh, someday, when when if I ever go back to lame office job, I'll let you guys know. I'll Skype Please you. Do. Please do. <laughs> we'll be waiting. Indeed. All right, guys. Well, we love you all. Uh, is this where it ends? This is where it ends. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. A record length for this episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, mm-hmm. Go put down your headset and give your ears a break, man. Yeah, go have a great holiday. Yeah, yep. a set of a set of holidays: Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and <laughs> all of the other ones in between. Yeah, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Brooke. Uh, tomorrow, right? Yes, it is. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy being yeah. grateful for being Canadian. As you should be. <laughs> Not really what our Thanksgiving is about, but that's okay. That's okay. Just be grateful <laughs> for Canadian. having Justin Trudeau. <laughs> That is what it's about. Yes. It's about Gretzky, isn't it? Isn't Thanksgiving about Gretzky? <laughs> um, I like could that. make some really like 
some really like inner circle Canadian jokes right now, but I'm not for your sake. You're Aww, welcome. You sweetheart. We'll we'll see you guys in a while. Yep. Yep. Bye bye. Catch you on the flippity. Bye. bye. Whoa. It's okay, the principle so, of the thing. Next question. Okay, I will I will wait, sorry, from now on until all of the things are read. <clears throat> if you can. No being, one can stop you. No one. You only have to be sportsmanlike for like the next hour and then you can go back to being a dick. Don't Just tell me what to do. Keep it together, Don't, man. Listen, I'm playing by your rules. Sportsmanlike. <clears throat> I'm more worried that we're gonna be repeating each other on the top fives because as I was going through stuff, I was like, I better leave some of these bronzings to to, to Matt. Because... You know what's really sad? What? Is I I didn't use a single bronzing. <laughs> what? Okay, you... well. Right? I know. Guys. Or at least, like, as, this... as a point of view. What? What? This might be the first opportunity for us to have a bronze-free episode. Let's <laughs> nope. really nope. aim for the stars on this. It's in other already places. too late. We're already down the brawn hole. <laughs> the brawn hole. Remember. The brawn hole. Remember. I don't know remember. what that is. It's probably an ear hole <laughs> if I know brawn. It can be, it can be any hole he wants. <laughs> a Last Lonely heart. Hills. Wait, do you have to hear all the things? Because I could have answered that too. Oh, we have to wait until the. <laughs> no, let's establish the rule. Do you have to? <laughs> you can have the points, Scott. But wow, wow! All right, there. You don't uh, get to hear my my fun made up sorry, answers if you sorry. just yell it out. I will. I'm sorry. I you. A page from your book. Nothing can stop me from yelling out and screaming. What was it? I, I'm going to misquote it, but something to that effect, Brooke. All right, let's, sorry. Let's, and let's and I appreciate your... your enthusiasm. Okay. Go ahead. So, what rough. is the seat of House Umber called? A feast with dragons.com. Okay. It'd be a um, stupid looking table. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> It look like a bunch of dummies. <laughs> it's like one little tiny person and one like huge chairs for the dragons. Exactly. All right, let's go. Mm-hmm.